This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome, Cherries fans, to this latest show here on Up the Cherries in all departments. And it's a special one, and we're doing the tier list. If you've watched some of the shows already during the summer, we have got a difference in opinion. So it's going to be interesting because we've got to pick this tier list between the three of us. So my first guest, of course, you recognise him. It's Mr. Matthew Harrison. How are you doing? All good, Craig. Pleasure to see you and Manny as well. It's nice to have our uh, Friday morning threesome back. Exactly, exactly. And welcome back, Manny. How's the summer been? Yeah, the summer's been good. Just um, keeping active, doing a few things, uh, learning me some German. You never know when it can come in handy. And uh, as um, both of you might know, I've also been trying to pump a little bit of iron. One thing which I can tell you is that the older you get, if you don't lose your muscles, if you don't use your muscles, you're going to lose them. There we are. There is the advice. There is the advice. So get learning. Get up the gym, you know, and keep the brain active and keep the body active. That's the main thing. Manny, Manny's tip of the week. There we go. Or, alternatively, you could do what Craig does. Go to the gym and have a burger and chip straight after. But anyway, that's a different... That's a different um, that's <laughs> no, that's nothing, no, listen. No, that's the thing. It's not a cheat. It's a treat. So you can think of your burger and chips and use yeah. that as a motivation to, to go even harder than last time. I that's, love that. That's, that's what Craig tells himself Monday to Friday when he's in the gym. I think the muscles are there, aren't they? Muscles yeah, I mean, you, you got that line running down your fore, or your forearm, mate. That's good. I mean, yeah, just to, just uh, keep, just keep working on the benches and the flies, and you, you're perfect. Benches and flies, and then, but... <laughs> yeah. Look, um, it, a few a few sit ups, maybe some squats, you'll be fine. But but remember, benches and fries, and then your burger and your fries. There we are. There we are. See, Matt. That told you, although yeah. I might be back to having two burgers at half time. Oh, <laughs> <mate>. <laughs> well, the football's restarting. We got a friendly this weekend against Lorient. We're going to be there. And um, plus, season's only a week away. And of course, got some more exciting news coming up very, very soon. But I'm going to leave that until I've been 
and then I will put up all the details about that as well. So we are doing the tier list and shall I introduce the tier list to everybody so they can see what it looks like? It's empty at the moment. So how this is going to work is we are going to pick our champion of the Premier League, then the three teams in the Champions League, the teams in the Europa League and the Europa Conference League, then the mid-table teams, just staying up, 15th to 17th, and then the three going down. The team on the left-hand side, so for the Champions League places, for example, there's three teams in there. The team furthest to the left will be the team that will finish second. So it'll be left to right, second, third, fourth, and then in Europe, it'll be fifth and sixth on the left-hand side, and then seventh furthest along. So that is how it's all going to work. And then once we've got all the teams in there, we can then play around and, you know, make sure that we agree or, the, well, try and try and agree with it. So there we go. That is what that tier list looks like. So what we could do, let's get underway with it. And the first person to pick a team, I think we should give it to Manny. So, Manny, which team are you going with first out of those? Yeah, well, I think um, I'm, it might be a surprise to some people, but it's not a surprise to a few others. I'm not going to pick my team just yet, which is, of course, um, Arsenal, but I will pick a team which I do happen to um, have a soft spot for for several reasons. And I think the way they've um, you know developed and really improved since coming back to the Premier League has been nothing short of amazing. Certainly last season was a miracle. The Birmingham team, Aston Villa. Aston Villa. So let's do a little bit of a look at Aston Villa and what their season was like last season. So Unai Emery is the boss. Um, we've also had uh, Mikel Sarri on who doesn't know Unai Emre and was which was an incredible interview. Um, of course, Mikel Ekstari was the Basque Country manager um, and therefore was a teacher for a lot of the Basque managers. So um, last season finished seventh, FA Cup third round, uh, EFL Cup third round. Um, top scorer was Ollie Watkins. Of course, Unai Emre wasn't there all season. Uh, Steven Gerrard was there at the start. Um, of course, that man in the corner, that bottom right-hand corner, uh, set a couple of uh, Aston Villa fans off um, after his comments in our season preview show. Um, but he does predict they're going to be Euro challengers. And Match, do you want to go through the players in and out so far? Yeah, so there's... Um... Some well, I think Villa have had a, a pretty decent transfer window. Um, yeah. Yuri Telesman from um, Leicester um, on a free. I mean, what a signing! Uh, I think he's a quality player. Mm -hmm. um, they've managed to sign Diaby from Bayer Leverkusen, and um, also um, Torres from Villarreal, who I believe is a centre back. Um, so they've spent some decent money. Um, obviously there's some noticeable players that have left as well the likes of Jed Steer who'd been there for quite some years and obviously Ashley Young mm -hmm. um, who have moved on um, but all in all 
um, with the squad that's already there, uh, with the manager that's in place um, and the signings they've made, I think they are set to have a decent season. And there is the stats on there. So, of course, everybody's played 38 games. They won 18, 13 losses, 51 goals last season, 46 conceded. But that doesn't say it tell its own story because, of course, a lot of that season was played under Steven Gerrard. They did look at one point like they was going to potentially be in trouble. And then you and I, Emre, managed to get them into Europe. Yes, he so, did. A remarkable achievement there. Yeah. Um, quite a well-disciplined team as well, aren't they, really? Yeah. They are. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, no, and no, I was just agreeing. Sorry, sorry, Manny, carry on. No, I, yeah, yeah. I yeah. So one of the things which has really impressed me so much about Unai Emery and the way he's got the team, he got the team playing, was that he obviously went with the classic four-four-two formation, which is the more he got it to be a bit more attacking. So obviously he had Emmy Martinez in goal, world champion, of course, and also like Emery, ex-Arsenal, and yeah. um, but um. You also are quite familiar with a certain Tyrone Mings, who is, of course, a former Cherry. And the way he was able to um, return to something like his best after the whole captaincy fiasco with Steven Gerrard was quite remarkable. He and uh, Esri Consa did quite well. Uh, Ashley Young uh, was, a, was um, I mean, it was a uh, quite sad to see him leave, but I think the club were probably being a little bit ruthless in that they didn't want to have um, a 37-year-old guy, you know, still being at the club. Um, they could possibly have um, had him stay on to be a bit of a squad player and then move on into coaching. But maybe they felt that it was best that he continue his playing career somewhere else. And I know that he'll do a good job with Sean Dyche. But Matty Cash, who, of course, starred for Poland in the World Cup, ended up coming on leaps and bounds. And a really inspired purchase he made was that of Alex Moreno to occupy the left-back position where Lucas Dinier, of, formerly of Everton, was not really at his best. And um, it was, there was a bit of a scare, mind you, when Moreno went off injured against Liverpool, having done his hamstring, I think. So they were reportedly in the market for a left-back. And in fact, um, it's mentioned there in the list of rumoured transfers that in addition to João Felix, of all people, and Federico Chiesa, Emmerich Laporte, who, of course, is fresh from the treble with Manchester City, could be a possible... Um, you know, entry in to provide some competition and a little bit of relief. And that means that they could sell Luca Digne and have Moreno and Laporte as their left backs. I was hoping that they'd probably make a bid for Kieran Tierney, but it does look like it'll end up going to Newcastle. Maybe more of that later. But with the 4-4-2 formation he's, he was playing, it was sort of a diamond-like formation with the likes of um, uh, Johnny McGinn and um, Emmy Buendia, uh, and um, Douglas Louise and others really doing their bit and um, service up front to Watkins and company was uh, just really uh, just, you know, top quality. But in addition, Martinez was able to evolve as a goalkeeper who could start to play uh, more from the back. And um, he still has to learn to um, improve on his um you know, release of the ball because he was booked several times last year for time wasting, but he has evolved into becoming more of a ball playing goalkeeper who can start attacks quite well, either through Mings or through Moreno down the left and then go, go straight into the diamond midfield and then up uh, sort of go up front. I think in the uh, preseason series in America, 
they did show a few defensive wobbles, but then preseason games are normally just glorified scrimmages where you know the players are coming back to um, full fitness. So they're sort of get, getting their getting their bearings in, getting back to fitness, and I think. With the t uh, signings he's made, Tielemans, Diaby, Villarreal, obviously he knew Torres from Villarreal. Diaby is quality. Tielemans is interesting because a lot of people criticize Tielemans for being a bit of a lazy um, bloke at times who doesn't really put in too much effort. But I think um, Emery sees himself as uh, being the type of person who could get the best out of him. I'm a bit surprised that um, Felipe Coutinho has not been sold yet. And I am expecting Leon Bailey also to... Um, join uh, Young, Nakamba, and uh, Sinisolo and Steer out of the club. But uh, maybe those things will be finalized just in time before the uh, season starts, or maybe that'll all be done in September when the transfer window opens. I'm not too sure. So Emery got them playing a much more disciplined style of football, and they were playing really well. I suppose my criticism of them is that Emery has a bad habit at times of getting a little bit too defensive uh, the later the game goes on. And when you allow yourself to get too defensive, especially against um, you know teams above you, you are asking for trouble and you can be prone to some late goals. And they did finish seventh to earn a spot in the Conference League. But had they not conceded a few of those late goals later on in the season, they could potentially have ended up in the Europa League, which would have been magnificent any in itself, considering yeah. that, as um, Mr. Harrison said, they were under threat of being relegated. But having said that, I take a look at it and see that um, Aston Villa have a much better chance of winning the Conference League than they probably would winning the Europa League. Although, in a certain Mr. Emery, they do have a Europa League merchant who's won it more than a few times. So, if he can start to um, be a little bit more aggressive and really start to make sure that his players really do the business within the first hour or 75 minutes and start you know, really building a lead then he can possibly sit back and defend. But one thing which we can remember in football is that you cannot sit back and defend when you don't have a big enough uh, lead. And um, obviously the, um, the, the discipline sort of speaks for itself. 80 yellow cards, I think he's going to want to crack down on that. Uh, there was one red card too. A few offsides, uh, probably a little bit too many, but... Um, these are things which he should be able to work on. And now that he's getting more of um, his players, he'll be able to mold a team um, in the style that he wants to see play. And with the 4-4-2 system, system he's applying working really well, I'm really um, hopeful that um, they can do quite well. And I'm going to share Mr. Redknapp's prediction that they will challenge for Europe. In fact, I do believe... I don't think they'll win. They'll be in the Champions League, but they should finish very high in the table. And um, there's something really good going on in Birmingham. Right. Well, on that note, let's place them. There we go. So here is the tier list. And here I go. I can pull them anywhere. They could be champions. They could be relegation. For me, think... Europe. For me. Europe for me too. And I'm actually going to have them sixth. So whoever finishes fifth will have to move. Will have to move to the left of them. I think Europe as well. I think we're all in agreement with that one. So Aston Villa have gone into the European places, and I believe last season wasn't it? Um, didn't we pick that they were um, going to be struggling to stay up? I'm sure we said that last season in this tier list. I have to. Um, I think, yeah, I think we had them um, quite low, didn't we? Bottom end of mid table, I think. Yeah. 
So there we go. So Aston Villa have gone straight into European place. Matt, it's your turn. Who are you going to pick? I would like to pick this team. Crystal Palace and wise old Roy's team, you know, and... um, Tell you what, he come in and he did a fantastic job, didn't he? Um, Patrick Vieira, you know, I it was a shame how that all ended. You know, I quite like Patrick Vieira. But, of course, finished 11th, did look like they were sliding under Vieira towards the relegation zone. Roy managed to get them to 11th. FA Cup third round. Yeah, FL Cup third round. Um, and Erebeshi Eze, it's a man that I always said, I would have liked to see a sign um, has got the top scorer um, award for Crystal Palace. So this is the um, players that they've signed and let go. As you can see, they've let go a lot more players than they've signed. And we know all about the player, Matt, don't we, that they signed? Yeah, yeah, obviously we, we know a lot about... Um... Uh, Jeff, I mean, these signings are up to date for when these graphics were produced, which was a little bit earlier this week. So I'm not too sure if anybody else has um, joined the club at Sellers Park. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, that when these graphics were done, this was this was obviously correct. Um, yeah, it, for me, um, Roy is a man that knows the job like the back of his hand. Obviously, he's an extremely experienced manager. Yeah. Um, is he going to have Palace challenging for Europe like Villa? No, can't see it. Are they going to go down? Not with his experience. So, I mean, when you look at these stats um, from last year, um, the players that they've let go, the players that they're linked with, um, for me, no matter what, they are a mid-table finish. There's something as well concerning Manny about Crystal Palace and that, well, it will concern all Palace fans. There has been quite a lot of talk about Michael Elise. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes, He's he's heavily linked to City as well, I believe. Yes, absolutely. Uh, And when you look at the players that City have lost, um, they've lost... um, uh, Riyad Mahrez. Yeah, now what a replacement he would be for him. Yes. Um, so, you know, money talks. Um, you know, if you're a player as ambitious as, as he is, obviously he's, he's been in England squad lately. Um, yeah. To go along and play with players at that calibre in those competitions is, is going to be a real, real attraction, obviously, to the player. Um, it just depends on how much Palace want for him. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously... We know the, the the kind of powers City have, so um, I think if they were to lose him, mm-hmm. um, might be a little bit more of a struggle than a mid-table finish. You might see them start to struggle, but as he's still there at the moment, for me, there'd be a mid-table finish. Well, we yeah. better place them, so let's get I could also say that, um, never mind Elise, it's bad enough that they've also lost Wilfried Zaha on a three to Galatasaray. They have, yes. Um, I take the point when people say that um, Zaha wasn't exactly, 
you know, banging in the goals either. But, um, you know, he was, of course, Palace's talisman. So um, he was um, the type of person you could count on to um, provide some hope for Palace. So if they lose Zaha and Elise, it's going to be, um, you know, a bit of a double whammy. And yeah. uh, when you take a look at um, the way Roy shapes his team up, um, reasonably strong defensively, and Elise and Eze are the ones who pretty much, you know, provide the fulcrum of their attack. The biggest question is how do you replace someone like Elise? And um, I actually think that they will probably struggle this season. They And I'm going to share Mr. Harrison's view. They're not going to qualify for Europe, but they should um, stay up. And what did Mr. Redknapp say about them, by the way? I didn't catch that. Mid-table. I think we're all in agreement. I've got to be honest. I think they're going to be lower mid-table at this moment in time. Um, what do you reckon, Matt? They're definitely mid-table. Um, let's talk about um, placement when we get more into that kind of category. Then we can start placing the teams then, can't we? I think but they could go difficult. over of those three. Really. I would say mid-table. Mid-table at this moment. Here, here. Mid-table. Yeah. Let's pop them there. So Crystal Palace have gone into the mid-table position. So right. who are you choosing then, Craig? Who are you choosing? So my choice is going to be this team. Ah. Not going to make it easy for myself. Not going to make it easy. Um, going to go for Brentford. Um, and Brentford, a team that, of course, got the double over Man City last season. Um, a very, very good side. Um, of course, top scorer is Ivan Tony. More about him in a second. Um, finished ninth. Third round of the FA Cup. Third round of the EFL Cup. Um, Thomas Frank, as much as, you know, he's, he's not a likeable person for Bournemouth fans, he's done a pretty good job. And some decent business. You know, these players don't, they, they don't stand out as names. Like Harry did say, he manages to find players from nowhere. Um, and these players... Not big names, but at the same time, they have got some real quality. And I think they will be strong. The big thing, though, Ivan Tony is going to be banned for a long, long period mm -hmm. of next season. Yeah, now you see, for, for me, I, when I was, um, obviously, yourself and me, we, we've done our own yeah. um, leagues as well, which obviously we share at the end. But... Yes. Um, for me, when I was trying to place Brentford, it, it was one of those kind of like what Manny brought up with Wilfred Zaha. They're losing their talisman for half the season, aren't they? I think he's back yeah. to January, isn't it? Now, something like that. Even though you know they they did what they did last season, you know they finished mm -hmm. ninth. I mean, fantastic last season. Um, you can't take anything from them, but I think losing. Tony's goals. I know they have signed a striker, um, yeah. but if you don't replace those goals early doors, will they be in trouble? Um, I think for me, they're going to be mid-table. Um, 
but I think they're going to be lower end mid table. Um, mm-hmm. Purely because I think they are going to miss Tony that much. Um, they're not a one man band by nowhere means the least. Um, I know their goalkeeper, they've got a situation with the goalkeeper as well, haven't they? Yeah, yes, um, they do. Um, which obviously needs resolving. They've obviously signed a goalkeeper um, who I'm assuming is number one quality um, with the anticipation of losing their number one. So mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a bit of a topsy turvy season for Brentford. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah. I still think at the end of it they'll have enough. They're not as they're not even without Ivan Tony. I don't think they're the weakest squad in the league. But no. I could be completely wrong. <laughs> what do you make of Brentford, Manny? Yeah, I mean, as long as you've got players like Brian and Buemo in the team and also a core at the core of the midfield, which served them quite well, I think you're gonna do just fine. I mean, people obviously take a look at Tony's goals, but forget about almost easily forget about the supporting cast, which have done a pretty good job um, with and or and without him. And, and Buemo is certainly that type of person. And uh, they are planning, of course, on bringing in, um, I see this chap named Trezor. I'm assuming that he has been playing in um, the champion, uh, championship. I'm not too sure. But mm-hmm. um, he could very, um, this could very well be another player that Frank... Um, you know, scouts very well and uh, brings into the team and sees him, uh, you know, just slot in there like a hand into a glove. And most of the most of the outgoings I've got over here have been guys, I think with the possible exception of, um, you know, Janssen, who did his bit, most of these guys, I mean, we didn't, we hardly ever saw them play. And of course, um, Matt also mentioned Mark Flecken coming in. I believe Flecken is a uh, a Dutch international. He's not first choice for the Oranje, but he definitely is there or thereabouts. And then, um, you know, Nathan Collins has come in from Wolves, Kevin Schade, along with Flecken from uh, Freiburg. So um, Frank obviously using his German connections there to um, work some kind of magic. And um, they're obviously a team as well who perform well as um, as a team. And even if they were to lose David Raya, who is, of course, rumoured to be joining the Arsenal, um, with uh, Matt Turner also being sent away to make way for that. I mean, if it has to happen, it should happen preferably before the start of the season because I don't want to see a situation where, you know, in September things um, have to wait till then and, um, you know, uh, we just um, – every everything sort of takes its course. But, uh, you know, I think um, Brentford will – they'll definitely stay up. I will probably have to agree with um, you boys when you say that they're not going to reach the heights of uh, – you know, finishing in the top half of the table yet again. And I definitely don't see them uh, challenging for Europe because in as much as they can, you know, pull off some magnificent results against really big teams, they still do tend to struggle against teams they should be beating. And that ends up more often than not being their Achilles heel. And the discipline also definitely doesn't work in their favor. 116 yellow cards, 138 offsides, 388 fouls and four red cards. Um, it's fair to say that Brentford are a bit of a niggly team to play against. I'm not going to say nasty because that's too yeah. harsh, but uh, they are very niggly. But um, there is also going to be a problem if um, other teams will be able to sort of find them out. They can play some very good football, but they do have the ability to be nasty, a bit niggly. They remind me a little bit of um, the Stoke City team that were in the uh, Premiership for a few seasons and were giving other teams well above them a run for their money. 
but I just don't see them finishing in the top half of the table this time either. But they will certainly continue to um, remind people that they're capable of producing some good results. So even if they were to finish mid-table, they certainly wouldn't be in very, very big danger of getting relegated. In fact, I'd say they'd be high mid I mean, they'd be mid-mid-table, um, if that yeah. makes any sense. I think um, the discipline there is over a longer period of time than the Aston Villa one there. Um, but Harry said mid-table, and I've got to agree with him. I've got to agree with you, Manny. I think they're going to be mid-table. What do you reckon, Matt? Um, yeah, totally, but I think... Higher um, or lower than Palace? I think, I think Palace may finish possibly higher. Possibly right. higher. What do you reckon, Manny? I'm actually going to um, go for Brentford to finish above Crystal Palace. But since I said mid-mid-table, I'm going to go for them to finish just outside the top half, 11th. 11th. That means I've got the defining vote on this. (laughs) (laughs) Because Matt said said Palace was going to finish higher. Manny said Brentford are going to finish higher. Um, I know what I picked um, of course, when I did this, my personal one, and I did say Palace to finish higher than Brentford. But, Good call. of course, that could all change because of the Michael Elise situation at Palace. So there we go. That is team number three in there. Of course, we can rejig this around at the end. Um, and we've got to agree on something um, at the end with regards to this table. But Manny, it's back to you. Who are you going with? Well, it's certainly not going to be uh, be the team I normally go for, but it is a huge curveball. I am going to pick the team with the cockerel standing on top of the old age football. Ooh. Spurs. Our biggest rivals. Because my mates, some of my mates and I were having a bit of a discussion about the club, considering the huge seismic change that took place, namely um, Angie Postacoglu, um, well, I mean, aren't you going to put up the slide? Yeah, there perfect. We are. <laughs> now, we were talking about this seismic change, namely Ange Postacoglu um, leaving Celtic to come all the way down to Spurs. And I remember saying that it was a huge mistake because he's leaving a club that will be playing in the Champions League group stages, which have just won a domestic treble, to go down and, uh, to England and manage a club which literally had an awful season last season, as you can see, um, finishing eighth outside the European place. There's not even a conference league. Uh, fifth round of the FA Cup, third round of the uh, League Cup. And um, they did qualify for the last 16 stage of the Champions League, but sort of, um, you know, they huffed and puffed to get all the way there, it must be said, under Antonio Conte. And then, you know, the whole thing happened. Why he would want to go there, I wouldn't know. But my friend who was supporting Celtics told me that, um, you know, you can't say no to an opportunity to manage in the Premier League. And for the type of money that um, Ange was being offered, he just couldn't say no. Now, he's not necessarily um, living hand-to-mouth by any means. Um, he was per bit getting paid some decent money at Celtic. And what really um, angered me and uh, my friend was that having spoken evangelically at certain points last season of wanting to stay at Celtic and not move, to suddenly take the decision to move um, to Tottenham was a little bit of um, you know, a kick in the teeth to some of the Celtic fans who took him to their hearts, really. But um, 
you know, he came down and Spurs have got a manager with a really good CV. He's obviously managed his um, country, Australia, at the um, at a World Cup. And, um, you know, with the success he had at Celtic and uh, elsewhere, he's come in, come in to a club which might need someone like him to do very well. And we take a look at the players who have uh, come in. Madison from Leicester City is absolute quality. Poro, um, and I think Kulisevsky was signed. Um, oh, yeah, he might have the that was uh, concluded. He 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 did, of course, join them on loan last season, but I think that has been now confirmed. And uh, Guglielmo from Empoli and uh, Solomon from Shakhtar Donetsk on a three. So they've made some decent signings, and obviously, um, you know, two. Outgoings have been confirmed. Harry Winks, of course, has gone to Leicester City. So scores sort of going the other way um, to Madison. And Lucas Moura has been let go on a free. Uh, they're planning on bringing in uh, Van der Ven, Ashley Phillips, but there are some more outgoings to be considered. Um, what was also not mentioned was that they signed an Italian goalkeeper, Vicario. Um, oh, yeah, that's the one. Giglielmo Vicario from Empoli, I think. You forgot to mention his surname there, but that's who who they signed. He should be the replacement for Hugo Lloris, who is expected to leave the club very soon because I think he's coming to the end and um, he's had a, a long stint as it is. So it should be Vicario and Forster to compete for the uh, goalkeeping um, slot. And uh, I think Andrew's focus is probably going to be to try to rebuild the team, get rid of this ridiculous 3-4-3 um, three, three formation, um, which sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. I mean, when they tried a back four against Newcastle at St. James's Park, we all know how that went. That went completely horribly wrong. But he needs to um, sort of stamp his mark immediately and make sure he, um, the players understand him well. And the tough Aussie that he is, he will definitely be, um, as they would say, fair dinkum. He will be strict, but he will be straight. He'll be honest. He'll be upfront, and the players should be able to respect him, and he will earn their respect. And interestingly enough, their discipline seems to be, I mean, if you take away the three red cards, only 75 yellows, it's not too bad. Um, offsides maybe could be um, improved, improved a little bit, but still quite decent. Um, a shooting accuracy of 38% doesn't really work that well when you've got Harry Kane and Hungman Son in your team. And the Harry Kane situation is also going to have to be resolved ASAP. You either sell him and recoup the money or you keep him and make sure you, um, uh, prom uh, you um, keep your promises with him. And that's going to be also something really big. I mean, we talked about Palace losing Zaha and potentially Elise and Brentford losing Tony. If um, Spurs lose Harry Kane, it could either be a huge bombshell for them because I don't know what it will mean for the future of Hungman Son or it could perhaps be an opportunity to rebuild a new team outside the identity of the England captain. Whatever happens, um, Poster Cogley does have um, a job on his hands, but he's relishing the challenge. I mean, you take a look at Harry Kane's tally last season, 32 goals. That is nothing to be sniffed at. So if you lose him, uh, that's a big problem. Um, Harry, of course, having managed them before, does predict that they will challenge for Europe. I see them potentially um, getting seventh and getting into the Conference League, but no higher than that. I think it's going to take a long time, a little bit like... Um, it's a bit like when um, Ten Hag came to Manchester United knowing that he had a rebuilding job on his hands and he ended his first season with a trophy and a third-place finish. I think 
the crisis crises that have been going on at Spurs, if they can just get back into Europe, even if it's by the back door, um, that should be enough for them. And at least they can build on that. And maybe win a domestic cup or two. We'll have to see how that works. I don't know if Ivan Perisic will be staying at the club. I think Perisic is really, really good. Very underrated by me, but a lot of Spurs fans don't seem to like him. He will have to fix the defence and the midfield. But um, I think he should get Spurs um, clicking again. And they're not, as I said, they're not going to challenge for the big, big prizes. But if they can get into the Conference League, I think that should be, um, you know, they'll take that. And of course, maybe a good cup run, potentially winning something, a trophy. You never know. Well, this is, to be honest, Manny, you have put provided a curveball here um, because I had them in a very different place to what a lot of people would think. So, Matt, start off, where do you think Spurs are going to be? Well, with the Harry Kane situation, um, like Manny's highlighted, 32 mm-hmm. goals in all competitions yeah. is, is nothing to be, you know... Um, it's it, for me. I, I Ange coming in. I'm sure he's a very good manager. Um, I kind of agree with Manny. If I was him, I probably would have stayed at Celtic. To be fair, because you, you're in the Champions League. But obviously, the pool to manage in the Premier League is obviously massive, and to manage a club of the size of Tottenham is obviously a a big pool. I don't think really, um, you know, with what they've signed. Um, and the potential of losing Kane is actually going to improve him on last season. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to finish in the same position as what they finished last year. I think eight. I think there's three stronger teams that will get the um, Europa League and the Conference, um, and they're definitely not breaking into the Champions League. I mean, if they lose Harry Kane, I think it's going to be quite a tricky season for him. So um, I'm going to go mid-table. Manny, where are you putting them? For me, they should finish seventh. I do fancy them. I think they'll improve, but um, it is going to be a toughie, a big toughie. Well, I had them in this category. So they could switch between, you think, seventh, Manny. You think they might get into there, but... I'm, I would say at this moment in time, how I feel about them, I reckon they're going to be in the mid-table positions. Probably quite high in that category. Not going to be low, but are we happy with that? Yeah, I guess. I mean, let's not forget, it's um, two against one. You're effectively the tiebreaker, or maybe Mr. Harrison is. So I'm happy with your verdicts. Don't worry about it. All good. Fair enough. We can always rejig this at the end. If so, it's anything like last year, Manny, we'll be swapping in all sorts in a minute. So, <laughs> <laughs> Matt, where are you going now? <laughs> is it my turn? It is your it's turn. Oh, how wonderful. Well, I've had a little thought, and I think it might be a good idea to discuss someone that has uh, come up Go uh, on. from the um, championship last year. And... Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting one. And that is Burnley. Mm. Totally different side to what we saw last time in the Premier League. Um, As we saw in the Cup last year. 
Um, not that we were very good that day, but um, I thought they played some good football. Um, I watched them several times on the telly uh, during last season. Um, and I thought that the football was fantastic. Um, they've obviously got a good coach in Vincent Company, who obviously has worked under some very, very good managers over the years, as we all know. Yeah. Um, and it's quite interesting because um, I was listening to Talk Sport uh, this week and the pundits that were on this particular show, not one of them put Burnley in the bottom three. Um, and personally for me, I think they're going to stay up. Um, they'll be in the battle. They'll be in the mix. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I think they may have enough. And if they play the same attractive football as they played last year, I think they're growing out some results. Um, they've made some brave sign-ins and they've also made some decent sign-ins. Um, Dara O'Shea from West Brom, um, good, solid player. Um, they made a brave signing in James Trafford, paying nineteen million for him. Um, nobody heard of him before that tournament, I don't think. Mm. Um, and they've signed experience in Nathan Redmond. Um, so they've, they, I think they've made some interesting signings. Um, but yeah, going on the basis of what I saw last season, um, I, I think they're going to be okay. Well, shall we have a look at this and pick where they're going to go? Manny, what do you think is going to happen with Burnley? It's an interesting one, Craig, because um, obviously the only time I saw Burnley play was when company came back to the Etihad Stadium to receive that amazing welcome from the fans and his former manager, only to see his guests very rudely treated in the form of a 6-0 thrashing in the FA Cup. Yeah. And um, obviously, I'd like to think that since then, company has done a little bit of homework and sort of um, seen um, what he needs to do with the team. Because interestingly enough, you take, take a look at the incomings, the outgoings are also quite interesting. He's gotten rid of some experience in the form of Ashley Barnes and Matt Lowton. He's also sent mm -hmm. um, the Northern Irish goalkeeper, Bailey Peacock-Farrell, out on loan to bring the England under, um, under 17 or under... Yeah, under 21, under 21, under 21 yeah. hero Trafford in. And um, obviously they see a lot of potential in Trafford. But, of course, we, ha we have to remember that um, success for England in a youth tournament will not necessarily translate into professional success. Freddie Woodman is a perfect example of that. I pity the poor fellow. I think he should be playing at a really high level, but it is what it is. But um, obviously company has made some serious decisions with regard to the squad. And um, he... When you take a look at his time at Anderlecht and the way he coached, he obviously will have his teams, you know, fairly well drilled. And um, it will be interesting as well um, to see. Uh, I mean, obviously, when Sean Dyche um, goes to Turf Moor to play against them, he will definitely do his homework against them. But it will be a much different team to the team he coached for so many years. And... Um, I see company as being a little bit of um, a fresher version of Sean Dyche in that he will have his team battling, but also playing some fairly decent football. And will he be able to sort of um, uh, get see the team play that type of football week in, week out against some teams higher than them? It will remain to be seen. 
but they could have enough about them to finish in in the league. And I'm in agreement with uh, Mr. Harrison. I think I have them finishing 17th. And the reason why I say 17th is because they are going to be in that relegation mix, but uh, somehow they will find a way. I'm in agreement with the pair of you that they're going into that category. Maybe not in that position, but we can always discuss that. Let's stick in there for the time being. But I think, yeah, I think they'll be safe. Matt, you think they're going to be safe? Manny, yeah. you think they're going to be safe? Yep. There we go. There we are. So that is Burnley. So where am I going to go next? Well, where I'm going to pick somebody quite interesting. Um, and a team that actually did pretty well in a European competition last season. Uh, yes. much in, in the Premier League. Um, and that is West Ham United. Well, 14th. They were in a battle to stay in the Premier League at one point. They beat us quite convincingly, didn't they, Matt, at Dean Court, um, when they come down. Seemed to be the impetus to kickstart their season. They finished the FA Cup fifth. Um, the quarterfinals in the EFL Cup. But, of course, the Euro- UEFA Conference League winners... Um, which means they'll be going into the Europa League. There's no signings, though, at the moment, and they've kind of lost a very, very big player. Um, and also, you can't... Le- Lanzini leaving as well can't be sniffed at. So, there is a lot of things that David Moyes should be concerned about. Um, not a bad discipline side. Zero red cards. 44 yellow cards. Um, Of course, started off the season terribly. Um, But, yeah. Um, That is West Ham. Um, Harry thinks... And is Harry being biased here? Um, Top half? Um, (laughs) I think he might be. Yeah, I think he might be. I I don't know. I don't know. I slightly disagree. I agree with Harry. And I'll tell you... Here we go. And I'll tell you for why. Go on. I know they've lost Declan Rice. Obviously, massive, massive player to lose. Yes. But I just got this feeling with the success on the back end of that last season that they're not going to, don't get me wrong, they're not going to go and do what Newcastle did last season. Obviously not. But I do think that they're good enough for a top-half finish. So I'm talking, I'm talking... 10th. They're one of these which could... I think they're in that category, that mid-table category, which, Matt, you agree with. And Manny, what yeah, do you think? Yeah. Um, I'll have to disagree with both Mr. Redknapp and Mr. Harrison because you take a look at the uh, transfer business they've done. How can you possibly... Think of preparing for a season when you're when you're going to be in the Europa League and the Premiership and the other competitions, and not even think of using the money you earn from the Declan Rice transfer to buy um, any players. Yeah, and I've been chatting with quite a few West Ham United fans, and many of them have told me that if David Moyes um, had done the right thing and walked away from the job as a champion, he would have sealed his legacy as one of West Ham's. Uh, 
maybe not greatest managers per se, but at least he would have sealed his place in their history. Uh, and rightly so. Because to have a dreadful season in the Premiership and somehow um, get it together in Europe to win against all odds, it may be the stuff of dreams from some, for some other clubs. But West Ham also are a club that pr prides themselves on playing some really attractive football as well. And over the years, you take a look at the club that has produced the likes of Bobby Moore, Marzen Peters, several other players who were, who were the fulcrum of that World Cup winning side in 1966. And um, as happy as the West Ham fans might be with the trophy, they're not really happy with the style of football. So when you have people like Allardyce and Moyes coming in and you know, you see the type of football being played which doesn't get you the results you necessarily want, you know, people aren't go going to, um, you know, be too happy with that. And I don't know if it's necessarily David Moyes' fault that there are no transfers, but there has to, uh, alone at least, but you've got to have some sort of um, purpose in you there. And what are they going to do in the Europa League? Are they just going to, you know, play a few games, try and put all their eggs in the premiership basket and try and finish a little bit higher and prove on their position? Or what are they going to do? Are they serious about this um, uh, upcoming season? I have them finishing mid-table and uh, comfortably so, which means they won't be challenging for Europe and they will end up you know, finishing in that middle position. They should improve on their 14th position though. But unless they start showing, making some signings and showing that they are serious about, you know, evolving the team, I definitely cannot see them improving from their position. And David Moyes is putting himself at risk here because, you know, does he want to be remembered as a European champion or does he want to be remembered as a team that specializes in mid-table mediocrity? Um, he's going to have to do a lot of work here. Yeah, I've got so, to say, it's a, it's a very good point Manny's made there. Yeah. And, and also, just to touch on slightly different, obviously everyone goes Declan Rice, you know, massive. For me, last season, what West Ham needed was a, a striker. Now, they had Antonio. Obviously, he's injury-prone. Um, he's not getting any younger, let's be fair. Um, and then they signed Danny Ings, who, for me, wasn't the answer to their problem. Um, so, the one worrying thing for me for West Ham is is in the goal scoring department as well. Yeah, but I'm going to stick with what I thought. Um, so, but I reckon let's leave them there for now, Craig, and we'll start moving people about in a bit. Yeah, yeah, because I I do think you know I think they're I, in the right. They're they're definitely in the right bit. I think. Yeah, I think they're in the right category, and I think we all agree with that. See, we're not not disagreeing too much here, are we? But oh, no, wait, we're not. Wait, we're we're not. Doing a minute. We will yeah. do it. Whose turns it next? It's Mr. Manny's, isn't it? It is Manny's. Who are we oh, going, with? Manny? Oh yeah, you picked West Ham, Craig. I completely forgot about that. So, um, <laughs> ooh, I think I'm going to go with a team that obviously made a lot of headlines last season uh, for good reasons, of course, and who could be um, the type of team that um, you know a lot of people would expect to do well. And we're going to have to see what happens. Bring on the seagulls. From Brighton. Oh, Brighton. That's an interesting one. Manny's thrown up another curveball here. Um, so, Brighton, go on. Do you want to say, say your piece about Brighton? Because I thought, impressive. Yeah, impressive last season. They 
Although they were beaten by Aston Villa 3-0 at Villa Park, and um, I had hoped that Villa would um, overtake them to finish in the Europa League placings, Brighton ended up pulling off um, the result they needed against the Manchester City team that looked absolutely dire, it must be said, and they secured their Europa League placing. And obviously, you know, De Zerbi deserved all the uh, praise he could get for picking up where Graham Potter left off and actually, you know, making the team even better. And, uh, you know, FA Cup semi-finals, what, what a season they had. And they will obviously be in the Europa League this season, along with West Ham and Liverpool. And, of course, uh, speaking of Liverpool, they've signed the uh, former Liverpool vice-captain and former England international James Milner as one of their big signings, along with uh, João Pedro from Watford, uh, Verbruggen from Anderlecht, a uh, signing from Fiorentina, um, and uh, Dahoud from Dortmund. They Some decent signings there. And Milner, I know a lot of people will say that his better days are behind him, and he is, of course, well into the wrong side of his 30s, touching 40. He can provide some experience. And um, obviously, if um, I don't know if Lalana is still there, um, but uh, I'm sure if, if he is, um, he will enjoy playing with uh, Milner once again. But of course, going the other way is um, a certain World Cup winner by the name of Alexis McAllister, who was also their top scorer. And I suppose, in some ways, it's not too bad to lose him because when you take a look at the 12 goals that he scored, Brighton have always had this knack of being able to find goals from almost anywhere in the team. It could be Pascal Gross, it could have been Leandro Trossard, who of course left Brighton to come to my um, a lot. And, of course, a certain ex-gunner by the name of Danny Welbeck, who also ha hasn't lost his touch in front of goal. And um, apart from McAllister, though, they haven't really um, given away too many uh, people who would be um, considered um, important players. Uh, Sarmiento could perhaps have played a role, maybe. And they've sent out um, Sherpin to um, Graz on loan. So... I think the Zerbi is brought okay. It'll be interesting. I'll be interested to see what sort of a role Milner plays. I don't necessarily see him being first choice, although he might start games at the beginning of the season, then possibly, you know, just um, be slightly phased out to become more of a substitute, or he could end up, you know, playing in a position where, you know, his lack of pace won't be too much of a, a detriment. I do seem to remember him being used as a defender by Jurgen Klopp in his final season. And um, a very well-disciplined team, um, 59 yellow cards, no dismissals. And they're certainly a type of team that does play some very efficient, very attractive football. And they are planning on bringing in the likes of McTominay and Palmer, who, of course, um, have... Uh, I mean, of course, Palmer is the uh, Manchester City youngster, and McTominay has done some decent bits at Manchester United and is still doing the business for Scotland. But um, those two transfers could be potentially um, quite helpful for them. I'm a bit surprised that Harry has predicted that they would end up finishing um, mid-table. Uh, um, but he does have a bit of a point there. And the reason why is because um, there will possibly be a bit of a climb down now. Because in addition to the players that have just, you know, gone out and the ones that have come in, I think there are some players who did quite well in the past two seasons who might possibly start to, you know, um, tire a little bit. Um, you know, there is always um, the question of the law of, of the law of diminishing returns, and especially when you consider how other teams will have strengthened this particular season, 
Um, I mean, in preparation for this season, it, I'll be, it'll be very hard for me to see Brighton doing too well in the Premiership. And bear in mind, they've also got European football on which to concentrate. They could either potentially, um, you know, reach the next, the last six, last thirty-two, or even last sixteen of the Europa League. But maybe those exertions could um, take their toll. And there is, of course, some talk um, as well uh, that Chelsea have signed um, Roberto Sanchez. Mm-hmm. who, of course, had been phased out of the first team by um, Luke Steele. But I still was a bit surprised with that because you take away Sanchez, who, of course, had done well under Graham Potter when he phased out Matt Ryan and then, of course, ended up being phased out a little bit by Luke Steele when he ended up coming in for the last few games of the season. Um, but then, of course, Sanchez was the goalkeeper who played in the FA Cup semi-final. I wasn't expecting him to leave. So how do you replace someone like a Sanchez it will remain to be um, seen. And I'm not too sure how... Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Steele is um, a really, really talented keeper, but I don't know if he has that much in terms of experience. So Brighton might struggle, and they should also end up finishing mid-table. I think they might end up... They should have a top-half finish, though. I'm going for them to finish ninth. For ninth. Right. Well, let's get up this tier list, and let's have a look. But where we're going to put them. So, Manny reckons ninth, which would put him in this category here. Yes. But what do you reckon, Matt? I totally agree with Manny. Because um, when you actually see my my predictions, my own personal ones, um, Brighton are ninth. Um, and the reason why they are ninth is because this is going to be a really good test for Brighton this season. They had a fantastic year last year, mm-hmm. but with the European football being chucked in the Thursday, Sunday rotation, um, I just think that they might not have the depth in the squad um, to have such a successful Premier League season as they had last year. Obviously there's no way they go down. Um, I don't think at all. Um but I think getting used to that Thursday, Sunday, and is the depth of the squad there? They've signed the experience in Milner, which is, you know, for experience is going to be absolutely second to none. Yeah. Uh, Roy's won pretty much everything in the game. Um, you know, but is Pedro that they've signed from Watford, is he going to compensate the goals that they're losing in McAllister? So it's going to be a good test for Brighton. Um, and I totally agree with, with Manny Ninth. Totally. Well, I have actually predicted them to finish eighth, but I've been outnumbered. And to be honest, it is only one place. So there they are, sat there in ninth at the moment. Of course, we can rejig it as we see fit once after. Right, Matt, it's your turn next. Yeah. As Will Smith would say, we're going to get rejiggy with it. <laughs> get rejiggy. <laughs> I well, love that. Love that. <laughs> it, it's time, I think, that we've had one of the big boys, but who wasn't such a big boy last year? And who is that? Chelsea. I think it's right. going to be interesting. Now, I agree with Harry. Um, I think they are going to be a Euro challenger. Yeah. Um, not Champions League. I think they may fall short of that. I think Pochi, uh, Pochettino will need, 
you know, a good season um, to bed the players. Obviously, there's a lot of outgoings, um, but obviously he needs to put his stamp on it. But I think there's enough there for um, Europa League or Europa Conference League. Um, there's no way they can have a season like they had last year, surely. I think there's still more work for them to do in the transfer window. Yeah, um, I don't disagree with that. I think their season last year was born out of why Thomas Tuchel was pushed out, I don't know. When Graham Potter came in, I thought it was a sensible decision, but he needed more time. But he was never going to get that time at Chelsea. So that's why they ended in the situation they did. did. And let's be honest, the Frank Lampard experiment was a complete disaster. Yeah, I mean, for a Chelsea side to only have 11 wins in a season obviously tell, tells you the whole story, doesn't it? Um, I think, you know, I think the ownership have got a lot of things wrong. Yeah. Um, I think they came, they've gone in there and kind of treated it like a Monopoly game um, yeah. and got a lot of things wrong. Um, you know, not Tuchel's fault, and I wouldn't say it's necessary. Graham Potter's fault. I didn't think Potter would last long in the job at all. So Potter going did not surprise me. Um, but now they've got a manager of this quality. He needs to now be left to put his stamp on this squad. Um, so for me, um, he needs the season easily. Um, so, if, you know, things don't go to plan and they don't qualify for Europe, but they finish in the top half. He needs another good summer to really, really stamp his safari on it. But I think they're going to be all right. I, I personally think that they are, that, that Poch is, is good enough to to get them at least a, a European place. Well, let's have a look and put them on this tier list. Manny, what do you think Chelsea will do this season? I have them finishing in the uh, European positions. I have them finishing okay. fifth. And the reason why is because obviously, you know, it is, of course, um, true that once you hit rock bottom, I mean, I know 12th isn't rock bottom, but it's certainly um, for a club like Chelsea, it's not where they want it to be. The only way you can look to go is up. And Poch, of course, worked um, miracles at uh, Spurs, it has to be said. And um, the type of manager that he is, he will almost certainly look to try and uh, bring some of that magic into a Chelsea team that literally has been has had its confidence shaken to um, you know its soul. Yeah, and there have been a lot of outgoings which have helped fund their transfers, but some of the players they brought in are absolute quality. Um, and Cuckoo, for instance, um, should have been in the French World Cup squad, but sadly got injured. I saw him play for Leipzig in the Champions League absolute quality he will literally um you know tear up the uh fields in the premiership and he could also be the type of manager to get the best out of the ukrainian mikhailo mudrak who we were interested let's not mm. forget but then chelsea of course hijacked that deal and in as much as a lot of my friends from my fellow arsenal fans were sort of guffawing about how you know we've uh, dodged um a hundred million quid bullet basically saved about 70 million bob by um, getting Trossard instead of Mudrak. You know, Mudrak is still young. 
he moves beautifully. He just can't shoot for Toffee. But maybe um, Pochettino will find a way to get the best out of him. So Chelsea really can only afford to go up. And if they finish in a mid-table position, then obviously, you know, Pochettino will, for the, for the players he's brought in and for the outgoings he's done and for the work he's trying to do, um, it's not going to be, um, he's not going to get too much in terms of time. So um, I have them finishing fifth. They won't make the Champions League. No, um, I'm sorry, that's out of the question. But um, they should uh, be able to, uh, you know, they, 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 should, they should end up in Europe. Right. So, Manny, you think they're going to end up in Europe. Do you think Chelsea will miss out on Europe, Matt? Or no. do you think they'll make it? No, I totally agree with Manny. Um, fifth place. Fifth place. I have been outnumbered again, um, but I did say that they're going to make Europe. So let's oh, swap them over. There they are. Chelsea have gone into fifth place. So my next team are going to be a team that had a very, very good season, but a lot of doubts over them. And that is going to be Margot Robbie's team. I like saying Margot Robbie. Fulham. Here they are. Um, so. Interested in this one. This is a huge curveball because there's still a lot of question marks over this football club. Well, no, most noticeably with the with the, the gaffer. Um, obviously, he's turned down mm-hmm. Saudi. Um, but you never know what will happen in football management. Um, Has um, Mitrovic gone yet? I think he's on the verge of it. Um, Even though they've replaced him already, um, I don't think he's the answer. I think Mitrovic is going to be a very, very hard player for them to replace. Mm. Um, So... You know, last season, for them to finish where they finished after coming straight up from the championship was, you know, credit to the job that Marco Silva's done there. Um, That's it. You know what you said there about Jimenez? I would have bought him here. He's a player I would have bought here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, quite possibly. Um, but obviously, with him being at Fulham, I don't think he's the answer to the Mitrovic situation. Mm. Um, obviously, there's still business in the transfer window. Um, yeah. You know, the link to players like Fred and Callum Hudson-Odoi and Damari Gray. Um, so they're linked to quite a few names. Um, but I think this season's going to be a bit of a struggle for him. And so does Harry. Um, and... Let's get this out because personally, I completely agree with both of you. I think, um, you know, well, Manny, well, what, what do you think Fulham's going to do? Yeah, taking a look at the outgoings, I mean, most of the players who have been released have been players who weren't exactly seeing much in terms of game time last season. Mm. Um, I think losing Tim Ream to injury near the end didn't really help them because they were looking really good to qualify for Europe, only to yeah. just fade away near the end of last uh, end of that season and finish. I mean, I mean, a top half finish is certainly not small potatoes by any means. But, um, you know, 
they're obviously the type of team who will, at this particular rate, struggle to try and recreate their the glory of previous seasons. I don't see them going too far forward necessarily. And um, maybe some of the players who excelled last season will struggle to, um, you know, re, um, recreate those um, highs. Yeah. I wouldn't have them finishing, um, finishing in mid-table. But I'm going to sort of stick my neck out here and say that they will end up finishing 15th because I do like Marco Silva and the job he's done. I know that he things didn't work out for him for Watford and Everton, but I suppose, you know, third time's a charm. He enjoys his time in um, West London. And um, I think he seems to have the respect of the players and they will certainly play for him. I just don't see them, you know, really putting up too much of a fight against some really big opposition. But um, they should do enough to finish um, 15th, in my opinion. I think they will stay up. It won't. Mm-hmm. I know it's technically in the category of just staying up, but they should comfortably finish um, 15th. It will be difficult. They'll either get into a relegation struggle or they will be in mid-table and have a bit of a slump but just finish 15th. I, I, love, I love Manny's thinking because he's got them placed exactly where I've got them placed. So what Manny's just said, I totally agree with. So that's where what we're placed. a coincidence. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed, Matt. I think they're going to also be in that category. But... I do think it's going to be a bit more of a battle for them than it was last season. Now, are they going to finish above Burnley or not? You guys Just above not. Burnley. Come on, above Burnley. Right. Let's put them there then. Let's put them there. Well, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think Burnley. Anyway, I'll argue that toss when we got everybody on there. So, right. anyway, let's go. Right, Manny, oh, your turn. Is it? Wait, oh, 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 hold on a minute. I picked Fulham. You did, didn't you? No. Who did I? Um, I started with Aston Villa. I picked. Um, we have nine teams. I picked Aston Villa, Spurs, and Brighton. I do believe it is my turn. I've picked Crystal Palace and Burnley. That's all I've picked. I think we've. <laughs> I think I jumped the gun, haven't I? Did, yes. All right. Did. Go on, Matt. You take your right. turn. Right. <laughs> okay. I will take my turn. Thank you very much. That's all right. Um, You're more than welcome. Um, so I'm going to go with Mr. Howside. Right. Ooh, wow. Right. For me, um, I think they've made some good signings, very good yep. signings. Um, but I think Champions League, there is a lot, there is a lot of demand there with the Champions League. Um, there'll be a Euro challenger, but they won't be top four next season. For me, Ooh, yeah, they won't be top four, very... and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why, right? They're not gonna have a bad season in the Premier League at all. I think personally, they are gonna finish in the Europa League places, and that is just purely on the whole demand of the of the Champions League. And I think from a Geordie perspective, if you do well in the Champions League. 
um, and they finish sixth next season and maybe have a good cup run again like they did last year, um, I think they'd be quite happy with it. Um, there's just something there with the with just just there, you know, the Callum Wilson if he gets injured, um, mm. you know, then you have got Isaac, great player. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think they're just a little bit light in places, certain places. Now, Harvey Barnes, great signing, um, real good addition to the squad. Um, but f- just for me, I mean, Callum Wilson, tail end of last season, phenomenal. Yeah. Um, had to be in that England squad, um, the last squad that Gareth Southgate picked. Otherwise, it would have been absolutely criminal. Um, but for me, Eddie Eddie will continue to build on what he's done this past season. Fair enough. Manny, let's, uh, look at those stats. I, I nearly predicted this last season, and I said that they were going to finish third to Harry Redknapp. They finished fourth, so I got it just slightly wrong. But, you know, what a phenomenal season that was for them. And I do get where you're coming from, Matt, but I think they're going to be very successful in the Champions League, in fact. I even said this to... um, I, I, I did say this to Kendall Rowan. I said, I think you're going to be very, very successful in the Champions League. I mean, I um, you, you might remember, and I know Manny would probably remember those those Champions League matches at St. James's Park under the lights back in the late nineties, you know, Festina Espria scored a hat trick against Barcelona and oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anfield, there's a magic mm. there at St. James's Park during the Champions League. So I agree with you, Craig. They're probably gonna have a really good a, a, you know, a good campaign in the Champions League. Definitely. Those were the days, my friends. They, they thought were. they'd never end. But um I'll tell, I'll tell you something, though. I mean, obviously, um, there is a big point that when you have that sort of a miraculous finish, there will be a come down. And let's also yeah. not forget that just like Arsenal, Newcastle also benefited from several big teams having pretty poor seasons. Liverpool, for example, flattered to deceive quite horribly with a pretty poor away record in the Premiership. Ironically, they did beat Newcastle at St. James's Park, but that really was um, an away win that was um, few and far between. And Newcastle, I think, I think it was you, Matt, who said that they look a little bit light. You are quite spot on. And when you take a look at those incomings, I mean, Tonali is an absolutely quality midfielder. Harvey Barnes down the left. Um, I was um, expecting Aston Villa to make a move for him. Um, yeah. Of course, if we didn't have um, a certain Gabriel Martinelli, I'd say buy him. I mean, get him to Arsenal. Absolute quality. Can skin... I mean, I remember watching uh, Leicester play Aston Villa. He literally skinned Ashley Young for pace and then um, scored that fine goal past Emi Martinez. And that's an idea of the type of quality he gets. And, you know, the outgoings, of course, Longstaff and Clark weren't exactly first-teamers. And um, there is still a decent core in the squad. I think Newcastle was supposed to be in the market for Kieran Tierney as a sort of um, an upgrade on um, Dan Byrne. And... um, the back four that they fielded, obviously Kieran Trippi is absolute quality at right back, and uh, Botman and Sharp did their share did their re- did a really good job. But Byrne could potentially be a weak link because he's not exactly the um, uh, benchmark of what a left back should be. Tall fella 
who um, probably doesn't overlap too much. Um, someone like Cherney, who is built for the big stage, would come into Newcastle and, and slot in there perfectly. But if they don't get that transfer through, then it's going to be very difficult for Newcastle to sort of um, do as well as they can with that workmanlike defence. It's very interesting that Mr. Harrison mentions the um, Newcastle Champions League days then. You take a look at the players then. You take a look at the players that Newcastle have now. Um, as good as were Callum Wilson and Isak are, they are no Les Ferdinand or um, David Ginola. And of course, um, let's not forget a certain Peter Beardsley was um, brought back to Newcastle to try to start the whole thing. I don't remember if he played in the Champions League uh, games. I think he did because um, he was also in contention for the Euro 96 squad for England and sadly missed out on what would have been a dream final tournament. But um, the players that Newcastle had then, you know, would, um, with all due respect to this lot at Newcastle, run rings around this lot. I mean, maybe Pope is, Nick Pope is a slight upgrade on Pavel Cernicek and Shaka Hislop in goal. But um, apart from that, I'm not too sure that there is too much in terms of absolute world-class quality that would really make you go, whoa, that is a team to fear. And of course, I might be biased given that there is another former gunner in Joe Willock in that team. But um, I don't really share the prediction that they will necessarily do too well unless they get a few more players with that big match European Champions League experience. And of course, Cheney has pl already played in the major tournament for Scotland and is still a key part of um, uh, Steve Clark's plans for this upcoming European campaign. So Newcastle might need to buy some more in terms of quality. They may also need to, um, you know, really work to get a few more people um, on the outgoing list. Um, they should challenge and they should have a decent season. I remember thinking that Spurs would end up finishing in seventh, which meant that Newcastle would struggle. But I think I can comfortably say that Newcastle will have a drop down, but they should finish in the European places. Let them have the Conference League. Oh, that's, oh. Where, I disagree. that's where I disagree. I, do you know what? I'm going to disagree with both of you. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. I was um, going to say that they, they, no, they, I might no. be, you might say that I'm biased because he's Eddie's there, Eddie and Jason are there, but I honestly think that they will do exactly the same as what they did last season. I don't think they'll, you know, I don't think they'll get third. I'm not going to make that prediction again, but I think they will get fourth. I disagree, and I also disagree with what Manny says. I think they're better than Conference League. But I don't think they're qualified for the Champions League next year unless they go out and win it. Um, for me, they finish sixth. So that means Aston Villa going to the Conference League once again? Yeah, for me. Well, that means that Villa are just going to have to go out and win the Conference League this season. Well, uh, well, do you know what, Manny? I'm actually thinking of putting a bet on and we'll, we'll see what happens, but my money's on Villa doing very, very well in that Conference League, and I reckon that they'll get to the final. And I'm going to, well, put, a little, I'm going to put a yep. little bet on that they're going to win it. Because, like you said, the gaffer there has got great experience in European football. And I've got a funny feeling Villa could challenge that competition. Hey, if West Ham could win it, so could Aston Villa. Well... We've gone in the middle, which was Matt's prediction, which was um, 
Europa League football for Newcastle. I still think they're going to get Champions League, and look at what I said last season that come true. Um, so I stand by There's that. But to yeah. play, Craig, don't go throwing your toys out the pram just yet. Do you know what? This was the biggest part of the debate last season, Manny was about Newcastle and my prediction. I nearly got it right. Nearly got it right. And everybody said, nah, you're talking you know rubbish. Talking you rubbish. Jock Craig, I put my hands up. I thought you would start raving mad. Harry thought you would start raving mad. But fair play to you. You put your money where your mouth is and you predicted it. And you were right, okay? Not on position, but no one probably would have thought they would have got Champions <clears> League. So fair play to you, my friend. The Let reason that- why I made that prediction... Let that be the legacy of your of this tier list. (laughs) Thanks for thanks for playing my trumpet, Matt. But the reason why I picked it was because of when Eddie Howe came into Newcastle that season prior to last season. You know the actual form that he he was only second. You know effectively when he came in, and I thought he'll get me into the Champions League again, and. Word on Mystic Craig. There we are. Mystic <laughs> Mystic Craig. Mystic Craig. Right. Manny, it is your it. turn, Manny, because I completely stuffed up the um so we'll go back to the original route, which was Manny first, then Matt is your go, and then it's my go because oh. I jumped the gun and I'm a naughty oh, boy. Craig, you gentleman. There we are. Right, Manny, where are we going? <laughs> we are going to take a trip to the forest all the way in Nottingham. Two-time European champions. And the manager, who Matt said might be the first one to um, get the sack, Stephen Cooper. And um, we are going to... I actually do see where he's coming from here. And I love the reasoning that Matt used. Uh, Last season, of course, they avoided relegation. They, of course, beat my lot at the city ground, which, you know, was absolutely um, horrendous, uh, horrendous performance from my lot. Last but enough to enough to finish um, 16th. Um, semi-finals of the League Cup, which certainly wasn't too bad. And um, they also had a, had a huge goalkeeping conundrum with Dean Henderson getting injured, Wayne Hennessy coming in and doing decently well, but they decided to bring in the Real Madrid star Kilor Navas and uh, see how he performed. And he didn't do too badly. And if we take a look at the players coming in, we see um, Elanga coming in from Manchester United, trying to emulate uh, Lingard and um, Henderson. Of course, Lingard has now gone away. What a disappointment he was, it has to be said. Um, Chris Wood from Newcastle, um, obviously not very happy to miss out on the bright lights of Champions League football, but um, it's either be on the bench there or get playing time in Nottingham. And then... uh, someone coming in from Torino, Chloe Aina. And they've sent out a few people, Sam Sturridge going all the way to Nashville, of all places. Yes. And uh, Cafu, no, not that Cafu, another one. Lingard, Andre Ayew, Colback and Taylor all gone for free. So it does look to me as though it could be a new um, starting lineup. And um, in addition to Ismail Jacobs, who is a rumoured player, there is also some talk about getting Matthew Turner in from Arsenal, given that Raya might be heading over to um, Arsenal to challenge um, Aaron Ramsdale. And Matt Turner, of course, going to Forest would make quite a bit of sense because Turner 
deserves to play first team football. And if um, Arteta sees it fit to make Ramsdale his golden boy, then Turner might not get a look in. And he deserves to be playing first team football, given his status as um, the number one for his country. And an interesting trivia, of course, is that his teammate will be Wayne Hennessy, who, of course, was on the opposite side of him when they played in Qatar. And both um, teams shared a one-all draw. Um, I thought um, Turner had an outstanding World Cup. Hennessy did okay, but blotted his copybook with that ridiculous challenge. And then Danny Ward came in and compl- and didn't really do himself justice at all, it must be said. But that's another story for another day. Um, 84 yellow cards is not a good look, but they haven't had any dismissals. And the thing about um, Nottingham Forest and Steve Cooper is that they did sign several players last season. And some of those players, of course, are on their way out. And it will be very interesting to see what sort of budget he's been given. Um, he hasn't had too much in terms of um, incomings, although Elanga does provide some some decent quality and experience. Chris would also some experience having played with both Newcastle and Burnley. And um, this is a team which obviously will be looking to try to, you know, make a better fist of um, staying in the Premiership. But... Um, By many accounts, Cooper was lucky to have kept his job, especially when they were going through a dreadful run, which saw them go into a relegation battle. Then they had another run, which saw them go back up the table, and then um, they were dragged back down again. And, um, of course, with a Bournemouth interest, I do not know if um, Stephen Cook will get much game time this season. I'm surprised that he hasn't um, been told that he can leave. Mm. Um, He will obviously want to look to try and play a little bit more this season than he did last season, Mm -hmm. as will quite a few other players in that squad. But um, Cooper will have have a, a lot on his hands trying to keep as many players as he can happy. And, um... It is a good shout that he could end up being sacked if things don't go their way. But I do like some of the football that Newcastle United have produced. The fact that they've kept uh, Brennan Johnson in their team is something that really, really makes me quite happy because he was, I know he wasn't their leading goal scorer, that honour going to Mr. Awani, but Johnson, for me, was their player of the season for what he lent to the team going forward. And certainly injuries to certain players like um, Toffolo and a few others did not help them. Um, of course, Henderson getting injured didn't help, and Navas came in and got injured near the end of the season. So Hennessy ended up seeing out the season, I think. But, um, you know... Injuries weren't their best friends last season, as I said. So it will be tough to see if, um, you know, the players will be kept fit. And Cooper also will have to make sure he gets as many of his players as possible enough game time to keep them happy. But it will be difficult. Other teams will be looking to will strengthen and they will look to try and uh, make sure they get the better of them this time around. Maybe they'll find um, Forrest out. I don't know. I actually think that um, this time around, I do predict another relegation battle for them. I don't see them uh, getting relegated, but that might only be because Cooper might get fired midway and then another player manager will come in and steady the ship and see them to safety. So I'm going to stick my neck out and say that they will finish right smack in between Fulham and Burnley. A repeat of their 16th position. Well, Matt, what do you think? Well, just a little update. Um, Steve Cook... Um, Forrest and QPR are in advanced talks about a transfer to QPR. So chances are Steve Cook will be on his way. Um, for me, Forrest, yeah, um, like Manny's touched on, um, 
you know, as I said a little bit about the manager uh, before we started filming. Um, relegation battle for me. Um, again, there's three weaker teams than them, mm-hmm. um, but I think they'd be down there. Um, so I agree. Um, smack bang between Fulham and Burnley, but I don't think Burnley should be where they are. So, but I'll bring that up in a little bit later. Right. So I have got them down for 14th. But again, I've been outvoted. So, well, let, let me let me let me hear your reasoning, Craig, because obviously you and Matt mm. have been doing a lot of work on this. Why do you think they'll finish 14th? I just think they've got something about them. I think Chris would all get some goals. Um, I think that they've got that little bit more experience, that little bit more stability now. Last season, they didn't have that. You know, they made a lot of signings. I'm not saying that they're going to be, because I have them down for 14th, which is at the bottom or at the end of that mid-table batch. But I think they'll do slightly better than what they did last season. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, yeah, that's a, that, that's a fair argument. Um, but I I just disagree with that. Fair From enough. a squad, perspective. I think squad harmony will be key. There will be some players who will who will grumble about not getting game time and... If that affects the harmony of the team, then you know the team could be in trouble. But that isn't a bad shout, Craig. I will, um, I'll, I'll, I'll grant you that. Matt, where are we going now? We are running out of teams now, and it's all becoming. There's nobody in that relegation battle. There's nobody in the Champions League, and the, we haven't picked a champion at the moment. So where are we going? Well. We're going to Manny's place. Right. Okay. I think it's only fair that Manny has his say on this. Um, Transfer window. Three players come in. We've spent quite a lot of money, but for three players, not really the best. And uh, there are some rumoured transfers coming in. I would not Mm -hmm. mind having Julian Alvarez coming in um, at all. Lavia would also be really good. I remember how he bossed the midfield when um, the Saints came marching into the Emirates and nearly stole three points from us. And um, obviously, we've said goodbye to Mr. Shaka. We've said goodbye to Marie. Ainsley Maitland-Niles has also left um, the club. 
Um, Nicholas Pepe also should be on his way to Besiktas. And as I mentioned earlier, Matt Turner should be on his way to Nottingham Forest. And um, I'm just taking a look at the bottom right-hand corner. I will come to that in a minute, I promise you. Um, a lot of debate right now has been about um, our preseason, and um, I always consider these preseason games to be glorified um, scrimmages. I've said that once, and I'm going to say it again. And, you know, we yesterday had the um, Emirates Cup where we huffed and puffed and finally managed to beat Monaco via penalty shootout, a certain Mr. Ramsdale defying expectations and somehow saving a penalty. Bang the drums, everyone. And um, we will come to, uh, come to that later, of course. But, you know, it's been up and down. I mean, we were dire against Manchester United. We did quite well against Barcelona, but still conceded three. The MLS All-Stars weren't worthy of being called opposition. And from what I saw against uh, a Monaco team that should have finished higher in League 1 uh, but didn't, um, we were given a lot of trouble. Yusuf Fafana was cooking our midfield, um, you know, pretty much... We were like fried eggs on that on a frying pan, literally. That's how cooked we were getting. And uh, their left-back Maripan couldn't really head a ball or shoot. But um, he was, um, you know, keeping us at bay quite brilliantly. Of course, Eddie Nketiah did score an equaliser with a tap-in. But um, our defence at times, especially given that Kieran Tierney did not start and um, the uh, new transfer, um, Urien Timber, was in at... Um, left back and I think at times he and Takeria Tomiyasu were switching we didn't know who was playing at left back and who was playing at right back and that crazy inverted stuff was um, you know ca causing problems for them but also for us because um, as I said Fafana, Golovin and company were just at times having a field day with the crosses coming in and had Wissam Ben Yedda found his scoring boots we could have um, easily conceded two or three in that first half so how Mr. Redknapp would predict that we would finish champions, I am not all sure. Because we've seen near the end of last season how the defensive issues caused by the inverted uh, system of Arteta caused us a few um, problems. We looked um, sloppy on many, many occasions. And, um, you know, losing those games in succession, especially against Brighton and Nottingham Forest, it really was a kick in the teeth. And we just didn't seem to show any seriousness in terms of going for that championship. And when we lost to City at the Etihad, I mean, that was confirmation that we just didn't have the minerals to take it even further. So why Harry would predict that we'd be champions, I have no idea. Discipline-wise, um, 52 yellow cards, hallelujah. 56 offsides, um, maybe the system is working offensively, but defensively, you know, we are... I mean, we might have conceded 40, only 43 goals, but still, it's the nature of the goals that we conceded and the timing that really are, you know, a big problem. And that's why they say, you know, there are lies, there are damned lies, and then there are stats. And, um, you know, the season we had, finishing second in the league was, um, you know, we could have won the whole thing, though. And I believe yeah. um, you predicted, Craig, that we'd win. Again, as with your Newcastle prediction, you, you fell one place short. But a fourth-round finish in the FA Cup and a third-round finish in the EFL Cup and that embarrassing exit in the round of 16 of the Europa League. I mean, those were the types of defeats, gentlemen, that made people like myself, you know, stark, raving, angry. Not just mad, angry. 
And um, it really begs the question, does Arteta have the bottle to really make sure that he can pull out the results he needs? Our over-dependence on Saka last season cost us. And several players, um, you know, went off the boil at the worst possible time. I'm going to stick my neck out and say that we should be able to finish in the Champions League, but we are not going to recreate um, the success of um, finishing second. I say success with air quotations. We definitely will not be champions. Sorry, Mr. Redknapp. But we should finish fourth. And we will finish fourth behind... um, you know, a team which is expected to be there and two teams which will have strengthened very well and will definitely look to try to put one over on us. Right. Well, Matt, what do you think is going to happen with Arsenal? Um, well, Maddie's sort of blown me out of the ballpark with this one. Um, because they're his team and he knows a lot more about Arsenal than I do. Um, but I've just got this feeling. Now, last season I predicted City to win the league. Yeah. Um, obviously the hype about Haaland at the time and all that. Um, for me, and you'll see when we put our own leagues up, um, Arsenal win the league. But I'm going to agree with Mr. Manny um, for the sake of this tier list and um, we're putting them into Champions League. Oh, you've really put a curveball there, Matt, because, of course, I said that they're going to win the league and I'm going to stand by that. Okay, well, I'll stand with you then. That's two against one. Arsenal win the league. (laughs) Are you two taking Mickey, come on. So the so the Arsenal fan has said that they won't win the league, but the Bournemouth fans say they will. <laughs> Not to mention the ex-Bournemouth manager. For yeah. sake. Oh god, yeah, Harry did say didn't Yes. He? he did, he did. Harry did say three against one. Arsenal will finish there. Um and honestly. I've got a feeling Declan Rice will be electric. Um, and I think Arsenal are going to be in for a very, very good season. Oh, I'll Alex tell you what. Quality. Rice looked a bit undercooked during pre-season, so he's really going to have to get cooking. See, see and, the thing um, Yeah? Yeah, sorry. You carry on, Manny. Sorry. No, 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 Go ahead, Matt, please, by all means. See, the thing is, it, it's funny, isn't it? Because, you know, when... Like, for me, I don't know about you two. When I watch Bournemouth, I watch Bournemouth in a different way to the way I watch other teams. Mm. So if I'm sitting down and I'm watching Arsenal play somebody, for example, you know, I'll watch it. I'll watch the game differently. Now, for me, the way I saw Arsenal start last season, now the game that we had at Dean Court, yeah, it's probably the best performance I've seen Arsenal put in um, at Dean Court. I thought the way they were passing the ball, the way they kept possession, um, the way they attacked, it to me, it was almost like watching City on top form. Yeah, they did have that blip during the season. Obviously, you know, like Manny said, Europa League, they should never have gone out in that game. They were appalling. <laughs> um, the game against Forest, they were appalling. Yeah. So there is areas where 
you know, they did let themselves down big time last year. But I just think this year, there's got to be a time when there's a break in the cycle of City winning the league. Just like when United used to, Arsenal would pop up and win the league. Or Chelsea, in between United's dominance. There's got to be something there. And I think with the players, and obviously we'll get on with City um, shortly, but I think with the players that Arsenal have got, I think they're in a better position than probably Liverpool to challenge. Um, so I, I, I personally, from what I've seen last year to who they've brought in, for me, Arsenal are champions. I agree. Oh, boys, you are literally putting your um, eggs in the basket based on rice coming in, rice, rice, baby, and all of that. We signed a guy also in Kai Havertz who has been living off that Champions League winning goal for the past few seasons and who was dreadful for Chelsea last season. And I take your point. Listen, this weekend we got the Community Shield final again, the Community Shield against uh, Manchester yeah. City. That could perhaps be an opportunity for um, Arteta to win uh, maybe some decent silverware if he can get his team selection right. But I just think with Arteta, his insistence on that um, inverted system will be his downfall because good managers are able to adapt and evolve. I just don't see that in Arteta. And I think the other teams will look to strengthen. They will, um, you know, uh, definitely uh, look to, um, you know, try and put one over on them. And Arsenal, again, let's not forget, they benefited from the likes of Liverpool in, uh, going off the boil, Chelsea going off the boil, United not firing on all cylinders, and even City during the first half of the season were absolutely dire. So um, let's not, um, you know, I mean, that's one of the reasons why. I mean, I try to be a realist, but I'll tell you what, Craig, you're on our Instagram chat now. If you share this video with <laughs> the guys over there, they're going to love you to bits. Most, At least some of them, I tell you. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. We're going to do that. Well, I tell you what, I'm going to start a row now, um, and I'm going to pick Wolverhampton Wanderers as the next team. So let's have a look. At Hopefully you're not throwing us to the Wolves, are you? <laughs> well... Wolves last season finished 13th. FA Cup was third, um, got to the quarterfinals of the FL Cup. Um, Ruben Neves was the top scorer, um, along with Daniel Poladens. Only six goals, so not great figures there. Right. Okay. Um, of course, Neves has left. Jimenez has left. There has been quite a few changes. Nathan Collins has gone to Brentford. But this is really where I think, you know, there's a big debate for me. Um, I don't think... I think Lopetegui, you know, is a decent manager. He did a decent job after taking over from Bruno Large. I think Wolves are going to be fine. But you can see what Harry thinks in the corner. Matt, take it away. Go on. <laughs> well, <laughs> for me, um, unfortunately, um, they go down. I can't see it. 
I honestly can't see it. I think there's three teams, you know, and I'm not, you know, I've got no affiliation with Wolves at all, but I cannot see Wolves being relegated. Yeah, but that's because you, you secretly love Everton. Um, whereas I can't see Everton getting relegated. So that's where, do you see what I mean? This is, it's. See, I, I think, I think Everton. You know, I don't want to see Everton go down. But I think the Wolves are a better side than Everton are. That, that, that's just... Okay. That is just how I, I see it. Yeah, yeah, and I can see why you say it. But I just think there's something there this year that the bubble may burst. Mm. There's going to be someone that goes down that's been in the Premier League for a little while. I mean, look at Saints. You know, they've yeah. been in the Premier League for how many years consecutively? Um, wow, exactly. Ten years, ten years consecutive they were in the league. Yeah, they, they they went up um, in 2012, 2013, yeah. if I'm right. Thinking. And I think the bubbles burst a bit with this super agent they've had. Um, yeah. You know. George Mendes. Yeah, and for me, I just... Losing Neves, I mean, he only scored... Them, how many goals did he score last year? Six. Yeah. I mean, they're kind of, in terms of goal scoring, they're kind of in a similar position to what Bournemouth were. Um, But I just think there comes a time when someone that's established, because you can say they're established, they are established, that's, that's the only fair way to describe them. Um, But there is always a time when an established side will get relegated. Um. I, 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 it, it's just my trailer thought. Um, I can't, I can't see it. I tell you what, we need to bring this up because Manny, this is the state of play. So I think Wolves will be fine. Matt thinks Wolves are going down. What do you make of Wolves? You know, the worst part about all of this is that um, I am tempted to say, let's um, talk about Everton's uh, chances and then we can have a bit of a discussion. Um, obviously, Wolves have said goodbye to quite a few players. You mentioned Ruben Neves. Another notable player who's left is the Portuguese legend, João Moutinho. Nearly 150 yeah. caps for the Portuguese team, but obviously his form dipped. He was uh, the mission from uh, Fernando Santos' squad for the World Cup. And I don't think, um, you know, he's... Uh, um, you know, coming back to play for them, unless he experiences a huge um, upturn in form. Um, of course, if Ronaldo can get picked, Moutinho should be, but then chalk and cheese. But um, there are a few players, obviously, who will be on their way, who are on their way out. Um, and he's got to try to um, rebuild that team. I am glad that Jose Sa is still there for what it's worth, but I'm surprised yeah. that other clubs haven't really you know, come in for him as of yet. Decent quality keeper, I would say. Um, Lopetegui's actually done a pretty decent job with um, Wolves. I mean, I remember when he was managing Real Madrid, it was a complete flop. And of course, yeah. when he was managing Spain, you know, his dalliance with Real Madrid was completely stupid and ill-advised. And it cost him the chance to continue working with La Roja, which, um, I mean, you know, managing your country for me has to be the pinnacle. And to throw that away was rather silly. But um, he was able to do what Bruno Large couldn't quite do and make sure that he got a tune out of the boys. 
But then again, you know, when a manager gets sacked and a new one comes in, the new one almost invariably gets a tune. But I think there's also, um, I think you did mention, Craig, that Lopetegui was one of your picks to um, receive the sack quite quickly. I'm going to stick my ne neck out here and say, I don't think Wolves are going to get relegated, though. I think um, they're going to be um, the type of team that will also somehow find a way to win. And their home record at Molyneux um, last season was actually quite outstanding. And um, I don't see any unrest within the board that would also make um, the atmosphere problematic. Whereas at Everton, they seem to have their problems. And obviously, we're going to come to Everton. I actually do think that Wolverhampton will stay up, but um, they might end up possibly um, uh, 14th, I would say. And, um, and I, I did pick West Ham to finish 14th, so Wolves might end up um, 13th. And it'll be a struggle between those two Ws to try to, um, you know, stay up. Because I just think Everton look in absolute shambles, and I really don't know what they've done to try to um, assize the situation. At least, um, uh, you know, getting in someone like Doherty, who's played with Tottenham and also had a decent stint with Atletico Madrid, there's some experience right there. And, um, you know, they're, they're in the process of rebuilding the team and obviously trying to bring in some players who can lend that grit. It'll be a struggle between them and West Ham to finish either 13th or 14th, but they should finish in a fairly comfortable mid-table position. It's either that or getting relegated. I don't see them getting relegated. I think uh, Everton, once we come to them, will just have far too many problems up their sleeve. Well, that is an interesting spin on it because I've got them just to survive. Matt's got them to be relegated. Manny's got them mid-table. I think where And we can put other team, more teams than it says in the brackets into those categories and we'll just have to move them around. So what that means is... You could, you could possibly put Wolves into that just staying up category and maybe I would say mm -hmm. move um, Fulham up one spot. Well, I tell you what, should we leave them there for the moment and then we can yeah. rejig them at good the call. end? But Manny, it's your turn now. Where are you well, going? Well, I mean, I've started, so I have to finish. Let's go to Goodison Park. To Goodison Park we go to Everton and we said that we was going to have a round now didn't we <laughs> like I said I've started so I'll finish a little mastermind there for you I missed <laughs> that program that was club tv at its finest I mean I remember you know um, when I was a youngster I'd go out on a Sunday but I'd always want to try and come back to make sure I was there at about five minutes past nine sit in front of the telly tune on BBC one and see Magnus Magnuson hosting mastermind those classic places. <laughs> I've started, so I'll finish. And well, um, there it is. Everton. There's a reason. There's a reason why here. I mean, obviously, a name fair, familiar to to you lot is um, Dan Juma. You know him yeah. quite well on loan from Villarreal. And um, Ashley Young, of course, has joined them from Villa. A very experienced signing. But again, like Milner, it'll be very interesting to see how much game time he actually gets. Plenty of outgoings. Moise Keane, Ellis Sims, Niels and Kunku. Asmir Begovic has gone to QPR. And so 
Do they have a new goalkeeper who will um, challenge Jordan Pickford? I don't know. Yeri Mina, the Colombian defender, is also left for free, along with Andros Townsend, who was also on the books of Crystal Palace, if I'm not wrong. And there are some rumoured transfers. I do like Wilfried Nyonto. Outstanding for Leeds United. Yeah. Robbie, if I'm correct, is a Dutch Met player. I think he has been sort of on the fringes of the national team, but I haven't really seen too much of him. And um, last season, of course, they had 79 yellow cards and two reds. Connor Cody was there on loan last season from Wolves, but he has now since gone to Leicester City. And I just take a look at this particular uh, team and say, say, you know what? Sean Dyche has maintained his faith with some of the core players who have, uh, you know, helped him stay up. And some of these guys, you know, um, I mean, Keane did have a few games. Begovic um, played one or two, but was never going to displace Pickford. Mina was a bit of a surprise. I thought he was um, quite decent quality, but obviously maybe he felt it was time for a new challenge and end of his contract and all that. And again, they haven't made anywhere near enough signings to show me that they're serious about avoiding the near fiasco that occurred when they when you know, they could have also gotten relegated. It just goes to show that you are never too big a club to be relegated. And there still doesn't seem to be any kind of end to the unrest within the board. And in as much as I do admire the work that Sean Dyche did, you know, you can't keep dancing with danger or you can't keep playing with fire and not expect to get burnt at least once, if that makes any sense. And in as much as Sean Dyche does have a deserved reputation as being a relegation specialist, I just think with the squad that he has and, you know, the work that he's done in terms of trying to bring players in, which has been non-existent, there have been several outgoings, which, you know, does make a great deal of sense. But what are they willing to do to improve their style of play? And the 4-5-1 formation they used, or the 5-4-1 or whatever it may be, is there still any plan to try to get another striker because Dwight McNeil with seven goals, McNeil is supposed to be a midfielder. What happened to Dominic yeah. Calvert-Lewin? Injured. What happened to Neil Mope, who came in from Brighton? Didn't really do too very much. Whatever happened to um, Damarai Gray, of, of whom a lot was hoped, where are the goals going to come from? I think they're a complete mess of a club. I think they're a complete mess of a club. Um, and it's such a shame because they're a big football club. They're a proud football club. They're a good football club. But, you know, Harry thinks, because mainly uh, Sean Dyche, that they'll be just about okay. I can't see it. I honestly can't see it. Dan Juma, now I know that he did very well for us in the championship. But, you know, when you look at it... How much of an effect has he had in the Premier League? You know, he didn't really star for Spurs. And to be fair, the only game where you could say he really stood out was against ourselves when he scored that goal. Um, that lot of good that did. Well, exactly. Yeah, with the uh, with that heroic goal, I think. Yeah. So... As much as I don't want to see it, because I, you know, like I say, it's a good football club. I can't see them getting out of this. It's, or if they do get out of it, they're just going to have. To, they're just going to transition into the Sean Dyche way of playing, which we know how that ends. 
in the end. You know, Sean Dyche did a fantastic job with Burnley for so many years, but at the same time, you know, is that really what Everton fans want? Um, they've spent a hell of a lot of money, and sadly for them, I can see them opening their new stadium in the Championship. It is absolutely sad, Craig, but, you know, it's not for nothing that they say the fish rots from the head down. If you've got a rotten board, everything filters down, 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 deeper and down, and it affects the club, it affects the manager, it affects the players. And that's why um, I'm a little bit surprised when you consider that it could be a shootout between Everton and Wolves to um, end up going down. Because, you know, Everton will tell you that they were lucky last time around. But what seriousness have they shown to really make sure they um, avoid that this time around? So, um, I'm sorry, Toffees fans. I do love the taste of Toffee, but I think, um, you know, you can't score for Toffee. That's the problem. So it's down to the championship. You go. Matt, do you want to have your say on this? Because uh, no me point. and you was going on about... No point. <laughs> no point. Right. Well, we why are. is there no point, though? I mean... Because um, I don't think they're going down. They're in a oh, relegation a... battle, 100%. You know, they're, they're not going to be um, anywhere above where I predict they're going to be. Harry agreed with you, though, didn't, didn't he? Yeah, Harry yeah, said, yeah, you know, yeah. Harry said that they will be fine. You know, well, but... He did say they'd be scrapping, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and I, I 110%. I mean, with, with the, the points that you have both made, you've made valid points, um, like Manny with the board... I mean, and like you, Craig, you say it's a shambles. It is. It is. But there's just something there for me that keeps them up. And that's and that is, and like Harry said, for me, and, and you've probably hit the nail on the head, Craig, they're probably going to transfer, tra- transform how they play. Mm. way. Now, yeah, okay, they eventually got relegated at Fernley. Yes. But this is a whole totally different kettle of fish. Um, he's he's working with different caliber of player, I would say, than what he was working with at Burnley at the time. I think well, he's I mean, got more restrictions than he had at Burnley because the thing was was that Burnley he didn't have these FFP restrictions that he's got at Everton. No, true, but then he's not got a bad crop of of player in some in some respects as individual players. I mean, Not obviously, he, he knows McNeil and Tarkovsky from his days at Turf Moor anyway. Well, yeah, he knows them too. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I agree with what you're both saying, but I just don't agree with where you're placing them. That's just my personal opinion. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Um, at the moment, it's two against one, but you do side with Harry on this. Well, so. at the end of the day, you know, you said they'd go down last season. Mm. They didn't. Because it was and a I, shambles. I, but it was only close. And I, well, of course it was. I mean, look how many times when you go back to Letizia's days, always in the relegation zone, but managed to stay up. So, well, because they had Letizia, they had to stay up, really. Well, yeah. But, you know, it's just my point of view. Right. So, we've had 
Everton, where are you going, Matt? Um, I am going. I'm going. You ain't got. You've got six to choose from now. I'm going AFC Bournemouth. So us. So. I, I tell you what, the figures there look, you know, well, it's more money than we've ever spent before. You know, of course, we if you see, look at it over the space of the two transfer windows, I believe it's something like, is it 150 million or something ridiculous like that? Um, to be honest with you, I, I haven't even really paid much attention to how much we've spent. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking more on... You know how how we, you know, take that next step forward. Um, obviously, with the change of manager, shows uh, a good intent from the the club that you know we want to move forward. Um, you know, like I said back in January, which I'm sure you'll both remember. Yeah. You know, I was sat on the fence with Gary O'Neill as a long term option, and I did call it then, saying I think Bill Foley would bring his own man in during the summer, which he did. Um, so, you know, I know a lot of people are shocked that the managers um, d- uh, changed. Um, but to be fair, I think by changing the manager, that has shown an intent that the club wants to take that next step. Um, the signings we've made, um, really excited about um, uh, Kirkes. K- <clears throat> Um, like him and what I've seen of him I like Cliver, um you know just the association with his dad is, it's is amazing isn't it? but um, I really want this move to work out for him because he's had a few loan moves from Roma and he did well last year in a poor in a very very poor Valencia side he, he, he was kind of the shining star so I'm hoping that will you know really kick us forward um the goalkeeping department um i think we've we've done well by mm-hmm. letting Travs go on loan and, and and signing radu from uh, inter with the option to sign him permanently um is randolph still there by the way randolph is still there yep yep he's still here mm-hmm. um obviously you know we're rumored to be signing alex scott apparently that that that's advanced so um you know, if that comes off, that's that's a good, um, uh, a very good um, signing. Yeah. We all know the manager wants to strengthen in midfield. Um, I agree. Obviously, losing Jefferson's a big hit, but at the same time, I still think we need something else up uh, up top. Um, you know, people. Some people are saying is Samane the uh, the solution. I, I I don't think so. Like I've no. said all along, um, you know. For me, I think in some respects, um, the, the football now, if we were to play to his strengths a little bit more, might suit Kiefer Moore. So Kiefer Moore this season, I know he's been linked with a move away, but if he stays, he could actually be an effective plan B this season. Um, and I've also, from what I've read, and I, I don't know if, you know, because I know you've done a lot of research on, on the manager and and, and um, the interviews you've done recently, Craig, but yeah. what I've uh, researched is uh, is apparently 
he will get Dom Solanke scoring goals in the style of play. Um, mm. So, do we need a striker? I still think we do. Um, but I, the, the big question here is, is, is do we do we improve on last season? Um, I think with the decision the club has made, um, I think it's expected. Do we expect this regime to finish 15th or 16th? I don't think so. I think neither do I. I think we need to kick on now. Um, listening to Talk Sport this week, um, I think it was Andy Townsend was on there and another pundit um, all predicted Bournemouth to go down which you know forget the size of the stadium forget the size of the club I mean this is the club's beyond that now look at what what we're signing yeah yeah look at the players on the pitch don't look at the size of the state you know people go oh you got a small stadium you can go down what a load of nonsense you know look you know you got no you know you've got a small fan base rubbish you know Look at what we've signed and what we've got on the pitch. We've got a massive catchment area. And, you know, that firstly, to quash those, you know, people that do keep going on about the yeah, size of the that, season. For me, it's just, it's just nonsense. It doesn't matter. It's rubbish. You know, the day it's, is what's on the pitch. We've made sensible signings in the right places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I would totally agree. But for me, it's, it's the ambition of the club now. You know, yeah. it's, it's Bill Foley's vision, and and I and I think you know if we finish, let's put it this way: if we start struggling within the first ten games, I think I think there there might be a decision made. That's just my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, are we going to start off firing all cylinders? Possibly not, but I, I, for me, I think it would be from the decisions the club's made. I think if we finish where we finished last season, I think that's a failure. Yeah, completely agree. So um, for me, and I don't know what Manny thinks, but for me, we have got to be the top end of the bottom half of the table. So I, I, I personally think we need to finish 11th. That's not me predicting. That's me saying that's where I think with the vision for us to say we've made that next step up. Yeah. That's where we need to finish to then next season kick on again. You've read my mind, Matt. I've got you lot finishing in mid table too. Um, 12th is my prediction, but um, 11th is is certainly not a bad shout either. Should we go for 11th? Be generous to ourselves. Because that's what I've put down. I've got 11th for mine. Um, and that's purely, I mean, that's not really a prediction. That's more an expectant from my point of view. Yeah, I um, would expect that as well. And I think because, Bill Foley would only be happy with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, are we going to do a Newcastle and, and, and overperform? Because in some respects they did overperform what was expected of them last season. You know, are we going to break into the Europa Conference League? Well, let's not get carried away. I mean, if we finish ninth next season, what a bloody season that is! But could you imagine finishing eleventh and having a good couple of cup runs or something? That's improvement. Yeah, I think so as well, and I think we will 
you know, edge, you know, what Bill Foley, I think, will want is an improvement. Not, you know, we're not talking, oh, yeah, we expect to get in seventh place. What he's expecting is slow progression to get to a point where we can be competing for Europe. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to happen in a day. And, you know, I think, I think, you know, it seems like the philosophy and his hunger and how he's got Las Vegas Golden Knights, um, a team that didn't exist, you know, to win the NHL um, in the middle of the bloody desert, you know, shows that the man's got some balls to actually make these tough decisions. So don't disagree. I am going to go with 11th as well. Manny, do you agree with that? I was going for 12th, but I'm going to go with the flow and say 11th. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. So we are in 11th. So we're actually getting near to the end. We've only got five teams left. Let's go for one of the new boys. And that new boy is Luton Town. So um, a bit of a surprise, Luton, um, coming into the Premier League. Of course, come through the playoffs. Um, Believe it or not, this season, I think. Well, I think it was this season. You know, ten years ago was the season they finally got out of the conference. Yes. Um, yeah. They got beat in. Was it York City and Wimbledon in two successive playoff finals? I, I might was... be wrong in that. But... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is the fairy tale everybody wants, isn't it? This is kind yeah. of you know. This takes me back to when we first got promoted. Well, it takes me back you know, to minus 17 when they and, were on minus um, 30. Yeah, I know, but I'm just talking about they're in the Premier League now. When we first went into the Premier League, this takes me back to then. Yeah. And how everybody was like, they're down, they're down. Everyone's saying it. I mean, yes, I have predicted them to get relegated, but not without a bloody good fight. Now, this is the fairy tale everybody wants. I'd love Luton to stay up. I really would. I think it would, you know be great for football in general yeah um you know they've earned the right to be here like just like we did they've earned the right mm-hmm. to be here um everybody's gonna write them off um and i think you know we had a conversation a little while ago you know and you kind of likened it to um blackpool um yeah. you know they came up and had a good battle. They stayed up, didn't they, for one season, and then they no, they went straight they, back down. They go yeah. straight back down, was it? Yeah, but not but that really good fight. It was on the last day of the season, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, they were. Yeah. I think they actually went ahead. You know, against Manchester United of all teams. That's it. I remember and that. Then yeah, they right. got pegged back, didn't they? Yeah. Um, and Luton, I. Th- I'm expecting a similar sort of fight. I can't see them staying up, uh, you know, and I'm sorry, Luton fans, I can't see them staying up, but they will put in a battle. And I think their transfer activity is sensible just in case the worst comes to the worst and to build the future of that club, to build Um, power court. Absolutely right. I mean, you know, they're being cautious, you know, if they, you know, go back down. You know that the, you know. The, I think the stadium is is a big thing that they want to redevelop. Or you know, I mean, I don't know if anyone 
been to Luton Town, but what an experience! Um, it is, yeah, it's a it's a great ground to go to. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and it's grounds like that now that you know this country you know used to be full of that. You know, we now got all these wonderful stadia. Um, you know, a bit like when Brentford's. You know, I've said on here before. Now, I used Park. to love going to Griffin Park. Um, you know, just an old Victorian ground. Um, and that's what, obviously, you know, Luton. I mean, you go into the away end. Um, you go in between two houses. <laughs> I'm assuming that's the away end now. It's almost like you're going to their back garden. That's some stairs. You can see everyone's washing out. It's like looking at Coronation Street. And then you go, in, <laughs> and then you go into the stadium. It's it just a wonderful wonderful experience and i mean i haven't been there for oh god it's a long time ago minus 17 season Mm. um but yeah this is the fairy tale in it i mean wouldn't it be wonderful if they stayed up but i just i just personally can't can't see it i've predicted them to finish um 18th because they're gonna have a bloody good fight well let's bring this up manny what do you think is going to happen with Luton? They're going to finish 19th and sadly go down. And uh, I'll tell you what, it has been a wonderful story. And I, um, I share um, Matt's, um, you know, disdain with people who say that just because you can't, you don't have a big stadium, you can't compete. And it has been sort of a fairy tale for them. But um, again, what sort of signings have they made? Um, do are they also? quite serious as well about uh, making sure they give a, give a good fight. And um, I think one player where they are, of course, in, in the market to try to get Thomas, Thomas Kaminsky. I think they've signed him already um, because mm-hmm. it is a mention that he is with Luton Town. But he was, of course, recently with Blackburn Rovers, where he was their um, first choice um, keeper for quite a bit of time. So he could um, certainly prove to be quite um, a good buy with um, Harry Iston having gone. And they've got this um, this guy named, uh, yes, Chidozi Ogbeni. I knew he looked familiar. Uh, Nigerian-born Irish international who has been doing really well for the Republic of Ireland. Yeah. And um, uh, he, along with Michael Obafemi, have literally um, uh, you know, been taken to the hearts of the Irish football fans for their terrific performances and so it's good for Ireland that he is going to be in the Premier League and I think he could certainly have a role to play in terms of providing a few goals he granted didn't score too many at some um, Rotherham United but of course his primary position as a winger you don't expect him to score necessarily too many um, four goals in 15 for the Republic of Ireland isn't too bad um, again though I just think um you can see from the signings there that Luton won't really have that type of a pull. I do believe there are some pl- other players um, from big clubs who are set, set to come in. Um, I can't really put my finger on whom it may be, but um, I think um, you know they're pro- they're probably going to go they go down. It will be a, a, a sadly a fight between them and the other new boy, Sheffield United, to see who will take the uh, wooden spoon. But I can't see Luton staying for long. But I tell you what. They're going to take some really good memories with them and try and come back stronger, believe you me. And let's not forget, Manchester City had a dreadful um, few years where they were relegated to what was then the uh, second division. Yep. Fought their way back to the Premiership, got relegated, came back not too long afterwards, and look where they are now. Luton can take some inspiration from that. 
Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. So, Luton are going into the relegation zone. But I do agree with Matt. I think that they'll finish 18th. They will put up such a fight. So you think Everton are that awful, do you, Craig? Oh, God, don't start him off. I think so, yeah. I think think Luton will put up a fight and finish above Everton. Probably just, only just, but I think they'll put up a fight. Okay, then. There we are. Manny, short turn next. We've got four left. Uh, Let's go to the other new boy. The Blades. The Blades. So, Sheffield United. Um, of course. Blades are being sharpened already. They are. Here we are. Um, so, last season, they were the championship runner-up. Um, semi-finals of the FA Cup. The first round of the EFL Cup. What do you make of what they've done? You're talking to me, right? Yes. Um, last season was certainly not a bad season by any means. If you, I mean, it was a good, it was a terrific season. FA Cup semi finalists losing to uh, Manchester City. Yeah. Um, they had a really good run, it has to be said. And um, I would certainly go so far to say that they more than punched above their weight. But um, of the transfers coming in, again, I take a look at um, Slimane. I think he's um, obviously, I think he's a Tunisian international signed from Bronby in Denmark. And then uh, Yasser Larouchi from Troyes on loan. Benny Traore. Um, they spent very little, but they got some players in. They've also gotten rid of the long-serving Billy Sharp, among a few others. Jack O'Connell has also gone. And um, they're obviously trying to rebuild a team for the Premier League and get rid of some of the players who might have had some experience in the Premiership. But obviously maybe have served their purpose and quite and, and can't really you know hack it anymore in the eyes of the management and of course i take a look at a certain tuan zebe who has been earless as a possible transfer he'd be a decent buy and um some experience of playing over at um uh Bramall lane would yeah. be um quite good for um him in a way in the premiership but again um it really just um begs the question are they completely equipped I took a look at the uh, Luton squad, which they've got, and there aren't really too many names. Um, obviously, Tom Lockyer from, uh, for, for Wales is one name that, uh, you know, comes out, that sort of sticks out. I know they've signed Issa Kabore, the uh, Burkina Faso international for yeah. Luton. But now we'll go to Sheffield United and take a look at their squad right now. And um, obviously, the squad they've um, got is... Um, Obviously, there have been some updates as of the um, 18th of July. Um, they've made some transfers, obviously, and um, some players who um, stand out to me, um, Adam Davies, um, Welsh reserve goalkeeper, mm-hmm. Wes Fotheringham has been there for quite a bit of time. I know that Austin Trusty has joined them from uh, Arsenal, and uh, clearly there was a bit of controversy around him because, um, you know, he... Uh, um, of course, was signed by us, but apparently um, just as more of a, a PR pick, which was really, um, uh, you know, taking the mickey. George Baldock, of course, um, is still very much a part of their uh, plans, Greek international. Chris Basham yeah. is a name we remember quite well. 
yeah, still at the club. Um, John Fleck, of course, um, is a former Scottish international and um, has done quite well. John Egan still involved. They do have a good um, workable squad with some players having plenty of uh, premiership experience. But again, it's a question of um, do those players necessarily have the absolute quality that will really make you sit up and take notice and make you think this team will definitely um, be uh, a team to be reckoned with. And um, I take a look and I say, again, um, I can't really see it. I can't really see... Um, they, they're going to, uh, you know, um, punch above, try and punch above their weight and try and really fight hard. But again, I just don't see much um, happening, to be honest. I really don't see them, you know... Um, doing too much. So it will be a bit of a fight between them and Luton Town to see who will end up finishing 19th because finishing 20th will not be good. But they're also going to put up a fight, don't get me wrong. And uh, maybe if they, uh, you know, band together as a team, they could pull off a few surprises. I just don't think they will necessarily end up, you know, um, getting the results they need. But um, it should be fun having the Blades back in the Premiership. Right, here we go. So, Matt, where do you think the Blades will finish? Uh, 20th. Manny, where do you think the Blades will finish? I did say Luton Town would finish 19th. I'm going to change that and um, say that Sheffield United should finish 19th and Luton will be at the bottom. I disagree with you, Manny. I'm going to go for Sheffield United, and I'm going to agree with Matt. Rock bottom. Um, I think Heckingbottom's done a fantastic job. I think part of their problem is nothing to do with Heckingbottom or the team. It's to do with the mess of in the boardroom. And I think they're really going to... Um, they're a good club, and... I just can't see them staying up. I think they're going to be rock bottom. Okay, good call. So, Matt, we've only got three left. Um, three big teams. <laughs> Which one are you going to go for? United. So, Manchester United, of course, finished third. Just in Newcastle's position, they stole it from them um, last season. But what did you make of Man United last season? Because they started off really, really, really slowly. I mean, I remember watching Brentford take them apart. Um, yeah. It was after a game we played. Um, and uh, I think it was the same. I think it, we might have been at City that day. Anyway, um and yeah, they did start slowly, but you can see, well, that in my opinion, from an outsider looking in, I think there's a there's a project there now. Yeah, I think they've got a manager that, you know, finally they're happy with. Obviously, it's just the owners or the fans want sorted now, don't they? You know, this this ownership malarkey yeah. that's been going on for God knows how long. Um, whereas now I think they've got a manager that commands respect from the players. I mean, he took no nonsense, did he? I mean, look at Ronaldo. He didn't last long with him, did he? No. Um, you know, 
Um, I think Mason Mount's an interesting transfer. Mm-hmm. Uh, be interested to see how he fits in. Um, you know, I know David De Gea is 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 gone. Obviously, he was Player of the Year for like three seasons in a row at one point, which is really unheard of for a goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, so you know he he you know in the last decade he's been a big 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 player for Man United, but obviously everybody has to move on. Um, the keeper that they've signed um, for Minter, um, I saw him play a couple of times in the Champions League last year. I like him, and I like him, definitely like him. So um, they they've signed a good replacement. Obviously, there was a time when. United lost Schmeichel and they signed Bosnich and he didn't work out. And then they signed Masio Taibi and he didn't work out. And so, you know, I'm sure United fans are hoping that, you know, they don't go through that sort of goalkeeping dilemma again. But um, I think on the whole, with this, you know, project, I mean, okay, they only won the Carbarero Cup, as you know, it's only the Carbarero Cup, but I mean, it's a trophy. Um, you know, he, he's a Man United manager that's won a trophy. So, you know, they're stepping in the right direction. Um, I think the Europa League was the most disappointing thing. Um, I actually had them down to win it yeah. um, last season, the Europa League, because I thought, you know, they they were strong enough to, to, to obviously win it. Um, I think Rashford, um, it's important that his form continues um i know that they're in this rumored transfer um he was on the bench on saturday at dean court he didn't get on um rasmus um Mm -hmm. apparently that that that's well into advanced talks with the player now so that should be getting announced i think it's like 72 million pound transfer um and they reckon that he could be united's version of harland but we'll, we'll see um the, the nice story about this, though, is Johnny Evans going back there. Um, kind of full circle for him. He's, he signed a short-term contract, doesn't need to help out, um, which is which is nice for the player because obviously he was at United for a long, long time. Um, for me, last season they finished um, third. Um, I think that's where they finish again, to be honest with you. Um, I don't think they're strong enough to... Challenge, challenge. Um, mm. back the Champions League, which is where everyone thinks United belongs. Um, but I just think there's a little bit more to this project um, before they start challenging again. Well, Manny. Couldn't agree more. Man Couldn't agree more. I, I actually have them finishing third as well. Um, for fairly obvious reasons. I just think that, um, you know, they're going to find ways to improve, and obviously being back in the Champions League will be a bit of a bonus, but again, they're going to come up against um, other teams like City, who are, of course, absolute juggernauts, and um, Liverpool, who are also going to be, um, you know, strengthening. And um, as a nice segue, I think I'd like to take Liverpool next and talk about them, but... I think United also have had quite a few outgoings and they've had some incomings. You've mentioned Onana being one of them and he is certainly quality. But he also has had a few um, personal issues. Um, I think a lot of us, some of us will remember how he um, 
ended up leaving the uh, Cameroonian World Cup camp and quitting international football. And surely a goalkeeper of his class some would want to be playing at the highest level for his uh, nation. But then, you know, his country's loss will end up being the gain of um, his clubs. And um, the new signings could take some time to settle. Like you, Matt, I want to see Rashford's form improving. I compliment and credit um, Ten Hag for returning Rashford to something like his best. Um, it had to happen, and I'm glad it did. And um, I would also definitely go so far to say that with Ten Hag's influence, Rashford will continue to do well. But, he but here's the catch. He has to continue to do well, otherwise he could find himself on the periphery. And after all of the hard work he did, I'm sure he wouldn't want that. So um, I have United finishing third, but definitely improving with a good Champions League um, uh, display. They could also maybe win. Um, will they defend their League Cup? I don't know, but um, they're going to continue to enjoy some sustainable growth and just get the fans believing again. And I think that could be enough for them for now. Well, I had them in a completely different position. But I've been outvoted. You've both gone for third. That's where they've gone. But where did you go for? Please let us know. Uh, I went for sixth. Ooh, what a call. What made so, you think that they'd be sixth? I just think that the two teams left and Aston Villa and Newcastle were stronger. Oh. What a take. Wow. We love these opinions. We love this debate. And that's why I love what, being a part is, of this group. This is what's <laughs> great about this. This is what's great about this tier list. Um, I love it. Manny, I get to laugh at Craig. <laughs> you, said, you said, let's do Liverpool. I think, you know, let's, let's leave Man City to the end. Let's do Liverpool. So, yeah. Of course, a side who had a very disappointing season last season. Very disappointing indeed. And um, fifth is certainly not where they would have expected to finish. Fourth round of the League Cup, fourth round of the uh, FA Cup, last 16 of the Champions League. Mohamed Salah did recover well to score 30 goals, but I think he will be honest with himself to say that his season wasn't the best, and 235 fouls certainly didn't help their cause. 57 yellow cards is, I suppose, um, um, reasonable, I would say. Pretty good. And they've had a lot of outgoings as well. Henderson, Firmino, Milber, Milner, Cater, Oxlade-Chamberlain. And they're also in the market for Lavia and uh, this chap Colville, who was on loan at Brighton but on the books at Chelsea. Would certainly be a good signing for them, along with McAllister. He'd help that midfield cook. You know, with Henderson and Milner having gone, the it's as if you've lost um, the leadership uh, of the team. It does look as though Virgil van Dijk will end up getting the captaincy, but that could be the worst thing that could happen to him because I don't know if you guys have been watching international football, but certainly if you take a look at the Premiership, um, the Dutchman went completely off the boil. And um, his form has been absolutely terrible. And I'm one of those people, I remember suggesting to quite a few um, Liverpool fans that maybe it's time for um, you know, Van Dijk to be relieved of leadership responsibilities, either at club or um, for his country, so that he can concentrate on you know, what he does best and just um, you know, get his form back. 
But um, a lot of people have said, no, we don't want to run the risk of having someone like Alison captaining the team. That would be too big a risk, and we're not willing to take that. So um, Van Dijk could end up captaining the team. Um, they've certainly bought well in terms of getting McAllister and uh, Shibozlai, who, of course, was a part of the Hungary team that ripped us a new one at Molyneux to the tune of 4-0. Mm-hmm. Um, their defence, though, is a bit of a worry. It does seem apparent that um, Trent um, Alexander-Arnold has no future in the team as a right-back, and he could end up being used as a midfielder. So who could come in at right-back? One person I would have loved to have seen at a scene you know, fulfilling that role at right back would be Joe Gomez, who did a really good job for them when um, Liverpool came to the Emirates. He replaced um, TAA and kept Gabriel Martinelli quiet. His problem is that in addition to having been injured very frequently, he has also not been played in his um, position of choice by Jurgen Klopp. And that's a big problem. And I don't even know, um, a big question is, does Gomez have a future at Anfield for many reasons? And um, I think Van Dijk will certainly be leaning on the likes of Ibrahim Konate, who, of course, was a part of the French team that reached the World Cup final. I believe, if memory serves me right, he started along with... No, he didn't start. It was um, a Pamecano who started, but I think he was a substitute. I don't... Maybe my memory fails me. But um, it's either him or Joel Matip, and Matip was also completely off the boil. So Liverpool do have a bit of strengthening to do. But I wouldn't put it past them to make sure they get the purchases right. Because one thing about this Liverpool team is that they also will realise that their form last season was, um, especially away from home, was absolutely diabolical. Um, The 7-0 win over Manchester United really um, did a lot more to paper cracks than anything else. And they know that with at um, at least with Henderson and Milner leaving, they know they have a chance to start from a, res- um, a clean slate, as it were. Mm-hmm. And um, it will be interesting to see how this new team um, you know, performs in this upcoming season. But um, one of the biggest problems they had at the time was when Sadio Mane left and Darwin Nunes came in. There was going to be a little bit of um, a problem in that front three, whether they would gel. But later on in the season, they managed to um, get their act together and score a lot more goals, which, if you ask me, does give them some hope that they'll be able to um, survive next season. I mean, obviously, there's no Mane, there's no Firmino, but um, Nunes, Gakpo, and um, Salah up front, be very afraid. All they need to do is fix that midfield. They've also lost Fabinho, by the way, who's gone to um, Alitahad. So they're going to have to really freshen it up. And um, Harvey Elliott, I believe, will have a big role to play um, next season. But um, I think Liverpool should um, do um, do quite well this season. I have, I did have them finishing higher than Arsenal, who I thought would be fourth. But since you lot have um, put <laughs> Arsenal champions, I'm going to say that Liverpool will improve on their fifth place finishing and finish in the top four, probably at um, in that fourth position behind both Manchester clubs. What do you reckon, Matt? Yeah, I agree. Um, And just um, to uh, update, um, Van Dijk has been named as Liverpool captain um, with Trent Alex-Arnold as vice. Mm -hmm. 
Man City then. Get back into the Champions League. And yeah, we are down to one. Um, I went for Liverpool third, but, you know, we'll come to that in a bit. But Man City, um, let's talk about the champions. Champions of everything. Yeah. Apart from the EFL Cup. Yeah, the treble winners. Yes. Um, yeah, there's nothing. I mean, they, you know, they are still and will be, uh, you know, continue to be a class, class side. Um, you know, I just think is this, this is the season where there'll be the break in the cycle. Uh, I don't disagree with that. I think this is the season where we know how good they are. They've got Haaland. Riyad Mahrez is a loss. Um, you know, of course, David Silva is a loss. Um, I I just think that Arsenal have probably just got it. And, you know, out of the two, you know, I can't see anybody competing against those two. I'd be very surprised. I think Man City finished second and the cycle yep. does break. Totally agree. I, I have them continuing as champions for the simple reason that um, City are the type of team that do not rest on their laurels. You take a look at the outgoings. Ilkay Gundogan, Riyad Mahrez. These are two guys who were pivotal players. I mean, maybe in Mahrez's case it's not exactly pivotal, but they played their roles in that treble winning season. And for yeah. them to be um, jettisoned like that, for Gundogan to decide... Uh, Maybe Gundogan decided that he didn't want to sit around and um, you know just pick up a pay packet being on the bench. Or maybe City also decided that maybe his powers were starting to wane a little bit. But um, you can see that they're not resting on their laurels. And uh, they're certainly trying their best to um, you know, really um, evolve and move on. And that's what they're doing with... Um, you know, getting Mateo Kovacic is a bit of a surprise. And of course... Many, uh, both of you will remember that um, uh, City, of course, were locked in that Titanic battle with Arsenal to sign Declan Rice. But I still believe, and I have this theory, that um, you know, City put one over on us by saying, you know what, we're not going to pay um, through the nose just to get Declan Rice just because um, you, know, you want him as well. You pay through the nose, you get him. We've got Kovacic. We're still going to cook your midfield. And so... Um, that's a, lot, a one thing. You can call it a conspiracy theory if you want, but that is one thing that a large number of Arsenal fans are not willing to accept. Why would City suddenly pull out of the race to sign Declan Rice if he were that good? Don't get me wrong. He is good. He's not mm-hmm. world-class. And, of course, last season, the season before, actually, they did spend about 100 million bob getting Jackie Grealish from Aston Villa. But um, he also had a difficult start. He went on to become you know, exceptionally pivotal for them in their treble race. And, um, you know, with Rice, I just don't think they saw him as necessarily the answer because their type of, they want some really physically strong midfielders. And I think in Kovacic, they've got someone who might be a bit of a like-for-like replacement for Gundogan. I'm a bit surprised that Kovacic was considered. I thought that maybe he his career would be winding down, but clearly he's still doing the business for um, Croatia at international level. So, um City decided, why not? And City probably looked at us and said, you know what? You can have your Declan Rice. We're still going to cook your midfield week in, week out. 
And of course, as I mentioned, based on preseason, um, Rice has looked a little bit undercooked. So um, it will remain to be seen. Um, I still think the City will once again finish um, um, as champions, but since I've clearly been outnumbered, <laughs> yeah. in the place we go. There we are. So uh, that is, uh, I agree with Matt second. I'm guessing you put them second. Who? Me? Man City. Oh, obviously. Um, yeah. I, I, now we've got this built. Now I'm not going to win the Everton argument. Um, we need so, to actually rejig it a little bit because, of course, yeah. we've got too many teams in the just staying up category. So but, we're going to play higher and higher or lower now, and so yeah. we're going to see who is going to be outnumbered. So we'll start from the bottom because, of course, we know what's going to happen at the top. But are Sheffield United going to finish higher than Everton? No, no. I agree. Everton, are they going to finish higher than Luton? I think they will. They're not. They're bad, but they're not that bad. Yeah, I, I, I would say they're going to. Yes, yeah. So this is obviously not. This is oh, yeah. There we go. Everton, <laughs> here we go. Everton, are they going to finish higher than Wolves? Yeah. No. And I say no. Sorry, Matt. You're still outnumbered on that one. Uh, Wolves, are they going to finish higher than Burnley? To be honest, going for it like this, I think this is pretty much right, apart from two teams. Mm. That's why we're doing it. <laughs> yeah, well, we could just cut out the middle, man, and just do the two teams. It's like Bruce's price is right. Oh, God, then carry on. Wolves, higher or lower than Burnley? Lower. I say higher than I say higher than Burnley. I no, think... wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, I'll change that. Lower than Burnley. Lower than Burnley. Yeah, I think lower than Burnley. Burnley higher or lower than Forest? Higher. Lower. And I think lower. Forest higher or lower than Fulham? As it lower. is. As it is. There we are. Fulham move into this category. Fulham, higher or lower than West Ham? Lower. Lower. Lower, yeah. West Ham, higher or lower than Brentford? Higher. Lower. I would go higher than Brentford. West Ham, higher or lower than us? Higher. L lower? I go lower. I think they'll be lower than us. Do you reckon Crystal Palace are going to finish 10th? Ooh. See, this is that difficult one, isn't it? <laughs> West Ham, my personal opinion, West Ham finish above both Bournemouth and Palace. So we go down one, or do we s switch across from against Palace? I say let's be cheeky and put Palace in 12. Yeah, I would swap West Ham and Palace. Leave Bournemouth. I'll tell you what. There we are. That was a rule change, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> West Ham higher or lower than Brighton? Lower. 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 
Brighton, higher or lower than Spurs? Lower. Lower. Um, Aston Villa. Uh, no, sorry. Spurs, higher or lower than Aston Villa? Lower. Lower. Uh, Aston Villa, higher or lower than Newcastle? Lower. Grudgingly, lower. But I hope they win the Conference League. Matt, I'm holding you to that bet, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Newcastle, higher or lower than Chelsea? Higher. Lower. Sorry. Chelsea, higher or lower than Liverpool? Lower. Lower. Liverpool, higher or lower than Manchester United? Lower. Lower. I think higher, but there you go. Outnumbered again. Uh, Man United, higher or lower than their neighbours? Lower. lower. And, of course, Man, Man City or Arsenal? Um, Manchester City. Arsenal. <laughs> Arsenal. <laughs> there we go. That is our tier list. I tell you what, that was great fun. You know, it's always great fun when we do these things. Yeah, I and agree. That, you know, I tell you what, you changed that rule, didn't you? Keep us in the middle, but swap Palace and West Ham around. Well, I mean, we had to rejig it, you know. I mean, sometimes they say that rules are meant to be bent, if not necessarily broken. So <laughs> let's, um, <laughs> let's uh, leave that be. Well, there we go. That is our tier list on the screen for you all to see. So, time we probably quickly looked at ours. Yeah. How does it, how do they compare? Do you want to go first, Matt? I'll go first. Go on then. Right. So here's my top, middle and bottom. Here's the drum roll. Go on, Matt. Arsenal, champions. Man City, runners up. United in third place and Liverpool in fourth place, which I think is how our predictions turn out. It is, yes. Top half of the table then. Chelsea fifth, Newcastle sixth, Villa seventh, Tottenham eighth, Brighton ninth and West Ham tenth. Which is also top half is exactly the same. Yeah. And this is where it's going to differ. Middle of the table. So Bournemouth 11th, Brentford 12th, Palace 13th. And yes, I do think Burnley will finish 14th. Interesting. Wow. Relegation battle. Fulham, Forest and Everton. And the relegated sides. Luton, Wolves. And Sheffield United. Wow. Burnley to finish 14th. Sticking me neck out there, Manny, as you would say. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you've gone so far beyond the um, beyond. I mean, the fence or where you were standing is like a dot to you right now. <laughs> the whole of your top half was exactly the same. Should we have a look at mine and see whether or not my top half was the same? Look at that photo. It's awful. Yeah, Yogi Bear, look. Yogi oh, Bear. Yeah. <laughs> that's a new one, isn't Here it? There we go, then. Well, right. you're smarter than the average. That's not too bad, is it? <laughs> Here we go. So, Arsenal are the champions. Yeah. Manchester City, runners-up. Liverpool, third. 
Newcastle fourth. Fifth, Aston Villa. Sixth, Man United. Seventh, Chelsea. Eighth, Brighton. Ninth, Spurs. And tenth, West Ham. And then we predicted exactly the same of where Bournemouth is going to finish. Bournemouth, 11th. Palace, 12th. Brentford, 13th. Forest, 14th. Burnley, 15th. Fulham, 16th. And Wolves, just surviving in 17th. And then the three to go down. Luton in 18th. Again, not without a fight. Everton in 19th, unfortunately. You know, like I say, you know, it's... I just can't see him surviving. And Sheffield United are going to be rock bottom. Sorry, Sheffield fans. I think we've pissed off Yorkshire every time we've done well, this. I, I, was we? just, I was just about to bring out a point just before we look at the last feature, which is a, a very, very quick one. But um, if you remember last year, um, I predicted Leeds to go down. Um, and we had a message from a Leeds fan uh, who said I was um, ignorant to the transfers that they'd made and how they were going to stay up and how we were going straight back down. But, I mean, I don't know who out of us two is enjoying the championship come Saturday, but it ain't me. So, exactly. um, unlucky. So Yeah, I also seem to remember quite well um, a few um, Leeds fans coming for Bournemouth and Craig had to deal with them on Twitter. Um why couldn't you cherries pick up your game against Everton? And Craig pretty much had the perfect reposter. Don't blame us. You had your chances. You didn't take them. Exactly. And, uh, you know, Everton were just up for it. We gave it our best, but they were, I mean, you got no one to blame but yourselves. It's as simple as that. Yeah, so, you're in um, destiny. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Craig, you're spot on. You have cheesed off a lot of Yorkshiremen. I would say... <laughs> We've done it again. Do, if, if you ever do set foot in Leeds or Sheffield or Barnsley or Rotherham or Huddersfield or wherever it may be, um, walk around with eyes behind your back, yeah? Yeah, I shall do. I shall do. Well, should Yorkshire doesn't look, like you. <laughs> should, we, should we have a look at the uh, the managers very, very yes. quickly? Very quickly. The sack race. So, who's first of the chopping block? Craig, who do you reckon? Marco Silva, I think, will be the first to leave but on his own accord. 
Who's going to be the first on the chopping block? I think Sean Dyche. Because I think as hard as he tries, I don't think Everton fans will expect a better season than last year. And they're just not going to get it. They're not going to get it. Um, You know, I think it's a case that now they've got yeah, Dan Jume, but then again, Dan Jume has never done anything in the Premier League. Like I said, Ashley Young is too old. Um, I just think he had a better side at Burnley, and I think that that's a poison chalice. That job, Manny. Easy bet. I'm going to go for Steve Cooper to be the first one to be sacked because I do remember saying that Forest should stay up, but there is, of course, a trend in the Premiership that. Um, when a manager starts to lose his way and gets gets the sack, more often than not, a new one comes in, gets a tune out of the players, and then just um, takes them to safety. That is what I think will happen with Cooper because, you know, in as much as Forest were able to um, achieve their target of staying up, for the um, moves they made, and believe me, they made a lot of moves um, before last season, they were hoping to finish higher in the table. I wouldn't be surprised if given the number of players who obviously didn't receive anywhere near enough playing time as they hoped that they would get. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there'd be any kind of discontent. Um, And whenever I see Mr. Cooper, he doesn't look to me to be a person who actually enjoys the job for some reason or another. So it could very well be that he ends up getting sacked and the new guy comes in and sort of steadies the ship and tries to get the best out of the players involved. And, um, you know, the fact that Jesse Lingard came in with so many expectations and and walked away... I think, um, you know, Cooper probably would have been sacked if um, Forrest had gotten relegated, but he survived. He lives to see another season, but it won't be for too long. He probably will end up being the first to get sacked. And the reason why I say that is because none of the um, new boys are going to see their managers sacked very early. Company will stay in. Heckingbottom will stay in. Edwards will also definitely stay in. And it could be one of the more established teams. With Daesh, he might... Get stay beyond the um, December January period, but then get sacked before the end of the season, and Everton might have to pull off a hail mary. But I just think Steve Cooper could be a candidate. I wouldn't also want to rule out Julian Lopetegui. I don't see Mario, uh, Marco Silva getting um, much of the uh, get, getting the sack. I really think. Um, I mean, it's an interesting call you've made there, Craig, when you say that he could leave on his own terms. I wonder what would prompt him to make that um, drastic a decision. I just don't know. And, um, yeah, so Steve Cooper is my pick to get sacked. Yeah, that's the same with me. I'm Steve Cooper. I just think he's had a lot of players at Forest at his disposal. And um, I, I just think that if it don't work out within the sort of first 10 games or so, I reckon he could definitely be work, walking on a bit of a tightrope. Might not even be that long. Um, I don't think they're... Uh, I think their owner definitely wants improvement on last year. Um, but yeah, that's why my money's on Steve Cooper. But let's have a look at the odds. So favourite is at two to one. Your friend, Julian. Yeah. <laughs> Lopetegui two to one, David Moyes six to one. That's a surprise one. Uh, Steve Cooper nine to one, Paul Heckingbottom eight to one, Marco Silva is twelve to one, 
Uh, Roy Hodgson and Iriola, as well as Rob Edwards, fourteen to one. Sean Dyche at sixteen to one. Postagoglu, I think that's how you say it, twenty to one. Uh, Company twenty-five to one. Frank twenty-five to one. Pochettino thirty-three to one, along with Klopp. Eddie Howe twenty-five to one. Um, Ten Hag uh, is thirty-three to one. Emery thirty-three to one. Zerbi thirty-three to one. Pep Guardiola sixty-six to one. Arteta fifty to one. And no manager to leave five hundred to one. Basically, that's not happening. <laughs> so somebody's going to get sacked. <laughs> Who will it be? <laughs> it could. Yeah, the, the, I think there will be a sacking because, especially if we see an established club um, struggling with relegation, then there will be some changes. Could be um, Cooper, could be Moyes, could be Lopetegui. Um, yeah, um, I wouldn't even rule out David Moyes, mind you, and that's why I think Moyes should have left when he had the chance. Who would have expected Scott Parker, though, last season to be the first one? Um, he was walking a tightrope, wasn't he, with his comments, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's but at the start it's of the season, you wouldn't have it? expected it, would you? No, 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 no. It was a decision that I think had to be made because the team just weren't playing very well and it was probably a good thing that he made those comments. I wonder if, um, you know, if um, when history looks back on him, he'll be viewed as a martyr who sacrificed himself for the greater cause. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. Well, that concludes our tier list. Um, do let us know if you agree, if you disagree. If you're angry in Yorkshire, Liverpool or Luton, and you feel that you know you could do better, feel free to send in your tier list in the comments below. But until the next show, up the cherries, and we'll see you then. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.